Welcome to the Basin Conspiracy. I'm Inyash Brodsky. I'm Stephen Zuber, and we have two guests today. I am Vivian K. And I'm Katrina Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> My Katrina, you have changed quite a bit. A little uh, bit, I guess. <laughs> How do you feel about <laughs> a- animal rights, Katrina? <laughs> a- who cares about animals? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, alternately, you guys can call me um, Cannonball Jenkins. Cannonball Jenkins. I-, I think that's a SpongeBob reference. I'm not sure, but All right. we can go with that. I never watched SpongeBob. I was not Mini McWerberman Jenkin or something, wasn't that it? Like his really <laughs> well, yeah, right. yeah. It, well, they just keep changing it. It's something Jenkins, and toward the end, it's Cannonball Jenkins. Okay, I All think right. Leroy. Anyway, Leroy so Jenkins. I'm Katrina uh, Stanton. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, we can call you Leroy. All right, All right. <laughs> we're going with Jenkinses. That's my favorite one. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Cool. I'm ready. Cannonball. Okay. Let's dive All in. Right. So we brought you in here because we want to do an episode on spirituality and rationalism. Or I hate the word spirituality because it sounds so froofy and new age and like, yeah, exactly. We'll have to touch on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you had, was it just this last solstice? God, that was seven months ago now. Well, not the last yeah. solstice. The last winter solstice was seven yeah, months ago. Yeah, well, no one celebrates the summer solstice. We tried. Or maybe you, tried you guys a don't <laughs> celebrate the summer solstice. Okay, I well, definitely n- celebrate the summer solstice. So no one cool it's celebrates just more of the an, summer solstice. More of an outdoorsy... <laughs> You know, like naked dance to the sun god. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Right. Depends where I mean, you are. Yeah. Uh, but on our last winter solstice, mm-hmm. you were trying to do the um, solstice ritual thing that some some rationalist groups have been trying to do throughout the country. I, I suggested we do something similar to the Bay Area solstice and kind of follow... Um, their sorts of uh, guidelines, I suppose that that they had. I was I was gonna you know push very lightly on it. I, I don't I wasn't I didn't have like a lot of plans for like singing in groups or you know like holding hands and passing around dark chocolate, which I think is actually something they do. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was more just like I wanted a time when like I could read something, you know, to a group, and then somebody else could read something, and then we could all sit and reflect on the thing we read and then, you know, go back to doing whatever else we were doing before. Um, you know, maybe dim the lights even or, or, uh, or wear a funny hat, but, but nothing like too crazy, I think. Um, and I, I think, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to weigh in on that. I, like my, I'm getting like this sense of revulsion is too strong of a word, but like repellence to that whole thing. And that was what I expressed when we, knew, when we were initially talking about it, like yeah, in the last yeah. October. Well, I, and that's what I got from pretty much everybody when I discussed it. And I was well, like, oh, okay, well then this is not really the right time or place or, or group. Well, but we went for it and we had like a party, but it wasn't yeah. like the same. I mean, so that's what I was going to get at. It was like, if you said nothing too crazy, if holding hands and reading books with weird hats on isn't too <laughs> crazy, where I'm wondering where that line, where the line is. I, I mean, you. well, there's like, you know, the... Um, you know, any sorts of blood rituals or, or oh. uh, you know. Okay, do, that's definitely crazy. Yeah, sacrifices. Is that common rational really circles? Just, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. but, I mean, even common in religious circles these days? Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, not, not really much of anything. But it, it, it's more about the, uh, you know, having a group experience was, was what I was looking for, right? So it's like, you know, we all drawn to this whole rationality thing in, in one way or another. Um, for me, it's mostly because I was reading 
you know, I read the sequences and a bunch of Scott Alexander stuff, and I thought they were really important and really interesting. So I wanted to connect with the people that, that did that. So in, any form of connection that I thought it could be interesting was, was one that I was willing to pursue. But, uh, I mean, it, it ended up just being a party, and that was, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that. I seem to recall there was also a tapestry. Oh, yeah, I brought a tapestry to cover up a television because I don't like screens. I but, thought that was part of the I mean, ritual. Well, I, I, I suppose so. We did a, a book exchange, which I, I don't know if that was part of the intended ritual or not, but that's, that's the kind of ritual I can get behind. Yeah, I, well, uh, that's Katrina the sharing of knowledge. I, Katrina and the other Katrina, rather. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think like I came up with a bunch of ideas and she came up with a bunch of ideas and we ended up doing like one of them um, because I think the book exchange was the one that people felt like the least creeped out about, right? Um, and, and specifically, uh, Katrina's husband, who like it was hosted at Katrina's house. Um, Katrina's husband was like, I don't like the idea of any sort of ritual, anything. And like, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, it's dead. Like, I'm not going to try and push against that because you know, it's in his house. I, I'm happy to respect that. It, it wasn't. Yeah. I think that's, that's the main reason you're having me on because I'm not immediately repulsed by ritual. And that's interesting to you guys, right? Kind uh, of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's one third of the reason. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other one was I laughed at you guys for, for having Terran on as kind of a, a pseudo authority on psychedelics, and, and we can get into and that I later. And I was like, "Hey, if anybody's going to be the drug authority, <laughs> like, look at the guy who looks kind of like a wizard, maybe <laughs> first. Like, by the way, I, for I those try, of you listening, I, try not I look kind of like a wizard. I try not to judge people based on outward appearances. Picture okay. Jesus, but if Jesus showered and wore t-shirts, <laughs> <laughs> if Jesus showered occasionally, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did shower this morning, so that's." Yeah. So I, I don't know what, what was the, the motivation was just to like get a sense of belonging with other people. Um, so group bonding is part of it, right? So rituals are, are great for group bonding. Secondly, it's just, it's nice to have a group experience. Just, you know, uh, try to, um, create some sort of powerful experience. Um, whether it be, you know, through music or, or dancing or, or art or, or whatever, just a group project or, or anything like that. Um, Having powerful experiences is uh, something I usually try to, to, to do, I suppose. Um, I'm curious, Vivian, would you have gone to this ritual thing if, if you had known about it and been invited? It depends and on the parameters. Um, with attending ritual, there has to be a sense of purpose and a sense of commitment to it. Because if you, if, if you spring ritual on people, they tend to react poorly mm -hmm. or react well, depending on what's going on. Like, for example, if you're at a concert, that's basically a ritual. Mm -hmm. And people go there. They're like, I'm here. I'm expecting to participate in this in some way or another. And I'm down for that. If you turn the concert into like a mass or something and they're like, wait, wait, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this, guys. Why, why are we kneeling? Oh, God. Okay. Is that why you wouldn't uh, participate in the Welcome to Night Vale thing? Yes, actually. Um, the... Oh, so quick setup for the audience. Uh, I, we went to the Welcome to Night Vale show, All Hail which was fantastic, and I highly recommend it to everyone. Wrote a blog post about it, but it, it felt to me kind of like a combination of modern 
sort of like meta tongue-in-cheek ritual and also like audience participation, really. I love going to the Renaissance Festival for the same reason. They have a lot of audience participation in those things. And I love yelling back and doing things on cue and whatever and like doing it with everybody else at the same time. It's, it's not as much fun. And it's you like love there's ritual. only one or two yeah, people that, doing that's, it. That's yeah, pretty much you, that is Annie ritual. Ash is somebody that loves ritual. I maybe a little bit, but I'm going to get to as to why it also freaks me the fuck out. Uh, but no... In Welcome to Night Vale, it was just fun stuff. It was like, we are hailing the glow cloud and shit. And it's a joke, but we all did it together. And I felt a sense of like community and bonding with people. It was really fun. And uh, I was like, you're not doing the thing to Vivian because she was sitting next to me. And she was like, yeah, I don't participate in ritual unless I have decided to do that beforehand or something along those lines, right? Yes, very yeah. much so. It When you're doing audience participation stuff, it's very important to consider the intent of it. And in this particular case, it was very playful. It was this very like group bonding kind of thing, but it was making me feel like there was intent and purpose behind it that I wasn't hundred percent committed to. Therefore I didn't feel like I was able to participate fully in it and comfortably. Hmm. Two things really quick. I wanted to get out one. Welcome to night Vale is a weird podcast for those of you who are super out of the loop. Right. Um, and weird is maybe operative. Yeah, I, don't know uh, I, would, I wouldn't is. say it's, Please explain uh, it to me. Oh, really? No, yeah, I have no idea what Welcome oh, okay. to Night like, Vale I would is. imagine 50% of the people who are familiar with podcasts are familiar with Welcome to Night Vale. But for I mean, those we are assuming we're not, it's actually uh, sort of like Garrison Keillor meets the X-Files. Yeah. And it's this very quirky, LGBT-friendly kind of like weirdness in the middle of the desert. And you kind of just go with it and you slowly learn about the people and start to care about them and their weird, weird ways. Yeah, it's billed as a community radio show uh, for mm. a very small desert community called Night Vale. Uh, but it is really bizarre and kind of like surrealist, absurdist kind of existential horror lots of the times, but also in a laughing at ourselves sort of funny way, like we're all going to die. Let's have some fun before we do. Like Twin Peaks meets Rick and Morty. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, cool. yeah it, I got in. I listened to it for like a year and I, it's, it's still going like what every week? Uh, twice a month. Yeah. I'm many years behind but yeah. it's i mean it was uh it was fun yeah. i don't know I, I would say that okay so welcome to night vale i only think like maybe one out of every four episodes is good but i consider it worth listening to for those one out of every four because when you do get those they're really good and more importantly it gives you the background context to attend the awesome uh touring ritual that they do once or twice a year <laughs> because i really love their live shows right on yeah we went to one yeah a few years ago that might have been, I think I was slightly out of the loop at that point, but I was roughly, that's right on and I fell off. Anyway, um, I also, unless I'm derailed too far for you to remember your points already, no, I also I'm, was curious, we keep using this word ritual to encompass everything from like bloodletting to <laughs> going to a concert. And I feel like that's way too broad. Is it though? Uh, huh? Yes. I, I'm, I'm prepared to say the word is useless if it encompasses everything from animal sacrifice to <laughs> listening to music in group. Well, See, the thing is, is it, it applies to groups and it applies to how people operate in groups. The point of ritual is to share intent. And so if you're sacrificing an animal, for example, and I hope none of our listeners are. You're what do you call it barbecue? I'm vegetarian. An, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it, a barbecue is a specific type of animal sacrifice. No, that, that's, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. Um, but if you're participating in a ritual with an intent, for example, I'm, gonna, I'm stuck on the barbecue thing now, thank you. Yeah. If you're performing this ritual to get food and also to share community with members of your family and friends and maybe people you don't like but you invited anyway, there's a purpose behind it and there's a thought concept behind it that forms the framework of the people's interaction. And so when you 
say, hey, I'm going to have a barbecue, people know what to expect and know how they're going to participate. Well, other than like the fact that you guys also like, I think jumped around a bit with like animal sacrifice there. If I went to a barbecue and they killed the animal in front of me, I'd be kind of turned off, right? Right. Um, that is not the also, ritual you were signing up for. Does a ritual need to have more than one person? Yes. Well, no. So, so sort of. There, well, so like that's that. I mean, I can definitely think of examples in my head really. that are archetypally yeah. fit yeah. one person. Morning rituals. But I can think are, of things know, that I do, you, do yeah. you know, every day with intent that I don't think are rituals. Like I brush my teeth so they don't fall out. I don't do it as some, you know, for the same reason that people go to concerts or whatever, right? So, or an sacrifice animals. There's this fantastic uh, article slash post. I don't even know what to call things on the internet anymore. Uh, over at Melting Asphalt, where someone does go into the aspects of ritual and makes lots of different uh, comparisons, things like uh, meditation, li listening to live music in a crowd, uh, that sort of thing, uh, singing in a choir, uh, being all around a, a fire and telling a story, and says that the thing they all seem to have in common is that you sort of subsume your sense of self and, and more feel like you're one with the community and with the, the people uh, that are around you. And that's the actions, too. And right. that seems to be the purpose of ritual, that humans have this sort of built-in software for being able to cooperate with other humans and do things in groups. And rituals are a way of helping to reinforce that and, you know, say, this is the group that I want to do things with. And uh, I will cooperate with them and together we can make more, you know, awesome things. And you can't seem to do it like that well through rationalist means. I mean, corporations do exist, and they motivate people with money and fear of starving to death, but they don't work as well as groups that have that deep social bonding and trust, which is why the military has, you know, their basic training where they break you down, and a lot of groups oftentimes all wear the same uniform or something to help make them all feel together like a single entity. It's sort of a... A call sign and whatnot. Yeah, yeah a call sign. It's a, a way to help build the, the hive mind to be part of a community. Well, I mean, your point with corporations, that, that seems kind of weird. I mean, corporations are usually uh, consist of a much larger number of people than like Dunbar's number. Dunbar's mm -hmm. number is like 150. That's mm -hmm. supposed to be like the, you know, uh, about whereabouts the number of people that we can actually like simulate in our own mind of like, this is how this person acts, etc. Um, so I'd say that that's not too surprising that, that corporations aren't as functional as like small military groups of well, 50 guys or something, yeah, but right? Like large military groups work too. We've managed to make it a whole military. Because they're broken up into, you know, groups of like 50 or so. I, I, I don't know. Uh, anybody that has been in the military is probably laughing at me for not knowing how large. <laughs> I, I believe eight is a squad size. Maybe seven. I don't know. Sorry. I mean, I concerts have more than 150 people. But the intimate concerts have a different feel to them than like larger concerts. So if you're at like a small venue kind of thing, like the Welcome to Night Vale show or whatever, there were maybe... Welcome to Night Vale is medium-sized by now. Oh, yeah, that's true. But like 300 people there-ish-esque. And so if you go to that, and in contrast, going to like a very large concert, you don't feel that same level of intimacy. You don't feel that same level of like crowd participation. I should just close. I've been to one concert. It was like... 12 years ago and I didn't have any fun so yeah I hate like I all well, the things you're describing really are large... things that really turn me off even like as much as like the like get together and lose your sense of self with a community like that doesn't that's not something that I've ever been comfortable with or enjoyed I've attempted form? to dance like three times oh 
You should try dancing. Dancing's really fun. I can't. I have no rhythm or groove. You, you don't should maybe have to. go to more concerts and then you'll develop some rhythm and groove. <laughs> and then maybe you'll learn how to dance. Well, I mean, dancing's like this really basic human thing that I feel like everybody should do, even I mean, if so it's like square hate. dancing or something. Yeah. But like I, I'm, right, I'm, I'm going to throw out that like that not everything that humans bait that based humans do no, are good. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm not equating the it, two. I'm just I'm saying that you can't use that as a persuasive argument. I, I read a right. criticism, which I wish I had the source for it because I all I have is the actual criticism now. But someone was taking basically Stevens' view that uh, my position is that a longing for community or to be part of a whole is unhealthy, as is indulging in it. It's why we can't have nice things because that's how people establish political power and motivate their bases. And uh, you are not a hunter-gatherer who will die if you're separated from your tribe. Religious rituals are communitarian super-stimuli that we should avoid. Uh, weighing in, that's not necessarily my position. My position is much softer than that, in okay. that I personally don't like doing that stuff. Okay. If other people want to do stuff, I'm not going to be like, hey, you guys are you know, worse than religions and all that stuff. It's just, that never appealed to me. I was emailing someone who went to one of the uh, solstice rituals in a different city, and uh, she said that she just felt... And I think this is one of the reasons that I get squicked out. Like when you propose your ritual thing, I was mm -hmm. like, you know, oh, I'm all for you doing whatever you want. If, if you, you know, Katrina's okay because it's her house or wherever you want to do your thing. But I'm probably not going to participate because for me, like religion, partly I always felt like an outsider and any sort of that sort of religious ritual or space makes me feel immediately like this is not a place I should be. I have a strong psychological this is a bad and runaway aspect to it. Did you never like take communion in church or anything? Dude, did, did Jehovah's they did Witnesses are a fairly young religion in the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things, about a century or so. Do they not. Do they don't have the a lot of ritual. No, okay. their their main sacraments or the uh, you know no no sacraments. Okay. Their cool, main cool. ritual is going from door to door and telling people about Jesus. Have you heard the good news? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not a good ritual. Um, okay, so <laughs> but, uh, but more yeah. importantly, uh, as. The person who was making the counter also pointed out ritual and that sort of communitarian uh, mindset is often used for evil things. And lots of times, like the Catholic Church being a great example, you manage to unite these people and give them a common purpose. And then a small minority of power hungry people manage to take control and pervert that purpose and use it to their ends instead. And that is my main objection to like ritual things is I don't trust any of these motherfuckers. Well, and by any of these motherfuckers, I mean any of you either. <laughs> like, why am I subsuming myself into this collective whole and I don't necessarily believe that you have my best interests at heart? To briefly return to the Night Vale thing, that's my problem with the Night Vale thing. Okay. See, because, I was much more comfortable with them. Which is weird. Okay. It was really weird because I know you don't like ritual. Yeah. And I'm like, this is actual ritual. I don't know what the intent is behind it. I have not agreed to participate in this. And I don't know how I am going to be affected or choose to affect others through it. Yeah, but you listen to the show too, right? Yes. Don't you get the intense impression that they're just here to like tell a good story and let people have fun? Yes, but I didn't want to become one of those people that just subsumes to the ritual without understanding it. Okay. That accidentally lulls your way into fascism. Pretty much not really actually i but. mean not that exact <laughs> thing but yes I, yeah that's sliding down so, that slippery slope I, i'd say you guys are being careful to the point of uh, missing out on like important nice experiences right so um vivian is nodding too. so to, we're on microphones you have to actually make a oh right a i have noise. to nod to mm -hmm. agree yeah, agreement i nod. agree <laughs> or yep. just mm -hmm, also yes. works <laughs> affirmative <laughs> word um <laughs> so uh to go back to the, like the whole communion thing, back 
Um, I was raised in a Christian household, like a lot of atheists, honestly. So, I mean, we did the whole Ash Wednesday thing. We did the whole uh, Good Friday, Easter. And, you know, each one of those religious holidays had their own thing. I remember Christmas Eve service, there was always really great. We'd all shake our keys and sing, come on, ring those bells, light the Christmas tree. It's this hilarious song that that we only sang at the one church service. And I I really enjoyed it, right? Was it it, supposed to be a joke with the keys? Well, it's your bells. You're yeah, ringing bells. Couldn't you go and buy like shing, a one dollar bell? You could, but that would be wasteful. That's money you could give to the church. Right. Everyone or, has keys on them. Or do so. literally okay. anything else with it and <laughs> not throw bells in the garbage tomorrow. Um, yeah. But bells are so cool. You should keep them around your house. Yeah, sleigh bells. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a few people had sleigh bells and they'd bring them. Cool. But, yeah. Uh, I like those people. But yeah, just like the basic like communion thing, I think that happened like every other week. So um, while I was a believer, I really enjoyed that. Right. That, I mean, that was a that was a nice um, experience that, you know, it was it was usually most of those were, were like fairly solemn. Some of the, you know, the the bells one that was that was, you know, happy and, and cheerful. And it's like, yeah, it's Christmas time. And, you know, while I'm a kid where I, I you know, am into the whole Jesus loves me sort of thing. That was that was really enjoyable. I, I, I liked that. And um, now that I'm not a believer, I can't really participate in those specific rituals anymore because I don't believe any any of that crap. Like, I mean, I don't want ashes on my face and walk around, you know. But it, I, I feel kind of robbed, like I'm missing something. Yeah. Um, because I don't, cause I don't have any any form like that. So um, I don't. So I go to a lot of concerts, like a lot, um, a lot more when I was working instead of being in school but i I um, have a very similar feeling to yours i i do feel like i have sort of a religious mindset even though i'm not a religious person i just have that mental architecture that a jesus-sized hole in your heart not in my heart it's somewhere in the brain heart shaped (laughs) jesus shaped yeah but uh but the thing I, i mean i would like to have those rituals but when you're a kid and your parents say trust me, obviously you do trust your parents, and they say you can trust these people, so you transfer your trust to the church, and so you have all that trust naturally just built up as a child. Now that I'm an adult, and people are like, hey, come do this ritual of trust with me, no, I have. I, I don't know why I would do what that. I have no reason to trust you. You have oh, to break me down okay. like in a basic training sort <laughs> of way. What if you do trust them, though? Like, you've spent enough time with them, and they're not asking you something interesting. Like, here, let me read you this story. I think you'll find it, you know, as powerful as I did when I first read it. Um, have you ever read Howl? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, right, right. So, uh, do you remember how you felt the first time you read that? I'm not a big fan of Howl specifically. I really like right. the... No, no, no. There is a... Well, in general, I'm not that big a fan of poetry, but there is a poem I absolutely... Neither, but a I really like structure Howl. I love. Mm. Um, the... God, I wish I had gotten it ready. There but, once uh, was go, a man from Nantucket. Yes, with right? a no so big you could fuck it. Uh, right, okay, <laughs> all right. No, but uh, the one... You know the poem, Go Not Into the Dying of the Light? Yeah, Robert mm. Frost. Robert, yeah, okay. That's Robert Frost? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, that's a very specific type of poem structure, which I just discovered recently, and those are beautiful and amazing, and I love them. I have one final note. Okay. It was Dylan Thomas, not Robert Frost. Oh, okay then. That makes much more sense. Cool. So that is the one that really touched so, me. So, uh, yeah, there... Uh, so... Would you be like really opposed to um, being around a bunch of friends that you already know from a different context that you're just used to hanging out with and having somebody read things or you reading one of those that you're like, hey, I, this is really important to me. Let me share it with you guys um, and see if you guys react to it the same way I did or, or whatnot. I mean, that would, be, that would be something that's very ritualistic, right? Yeah. And it's not – and like 
I, I feel like if you, you know, went from that into some sort of like bloodletting ceremony, that would be like a, a bit of a betrayal of trust, right? It's like, hey, I brought you in with like promises of like interesting reading and, and you know, now I'm making something bleed that's weird. Uh, then like, yeah, I, I feel like you have, you have room to be, you know, kind of weary of, of that sort of thing. But when, when it's kind of laid out like, hey, we're going to do this and then we're going to do that and then, you know, we'll light a candle. Why I, you gotta I, light a I feel like you can, you can awesome. kind of just deal with that, right? Like, what? Why a candle? Yeah. Because candles are awesome. Uh, well, that's not a sufficient dim reason. light. <laughs> so, I mean, well, well, really, really, it's for the aesthetic thing. It's, it's the same on. reason why you turn down the lights when you're, when you're you know, doing it. All right? <laughs> with the, Maybe doing the whole sex thing. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway. Well, I was just going to say that, like, there's a difference between saying, hey, let me share this cool thing I like with you. Like, hey, let's go see Spider-Man Homecoming this weekend. I think you guys all really like it. And saying, but you all have to wear white and we're going to hold hands and chant at the end of this thing. Like, so, I mean, there is a difference in kind between those two things. And I feel like it's being disingenuous to equate them. Like saying, Uh, let me me share this cool poem with you and doing all this extra. So like one of those things makes sense on that level of what you're trying to do. Share Mm -hmm. this cool thing. And the other thing is like adding a bunch of weird shit on top of it to make it like special for your in-group kind of thing. And that that's the part that. I find uh, well, that's the part that makes it even more powerful, right? If like or, say like a- after a couple of years, you guys all like this thing, and you're like, wait, now we're gonna we're gonna have our like poetry reading hats that we're all gonna wear because we all really like this thing, and we've done it so many times. We're all gonna you know we're all just gonna do this thing that we do only during this time, right? Okay. It's like you know that song that we only sing, you know, for the the one year, right? I feel like um, having to wear a hat is a good sign that you're becoming a cult. Who but cares? I like I, well, no, no, I, no, having I, to wear a hat. Oh not, yeah, having not getting to. to right. Saying you can't come if you don't wear your your sorting hat is, is like uh, turns turns your like Harry Potter fan club into like we, we should like talking all about have the- wizard hats all the time, guys. Yes, like agreed. <laughs> and yeah, he just pointed to his literal wizard hat that he has <laughs> up there. That's cool. So one of the interesting things about ritual, and I'm I'm agreeing with you that you are that we are being a little bit disingenuous, but we're also not discussing how ritual is built. Ritual can start out with something where you're like, I'm going to get a couple friends together. We're going to read a poem or read poetry that we like. And then it can grow from there. And as the years go on, it turns into the Catholic Church. And so I'm many, many years. About 2,000. About (laughs) 2,000. But um, people build ritual as they find things they want to bring to the experience they're having. Bring things. Can you expand on that? And I'm not trying to be like thick for the purpose of like making you guys are being articulate if if jesus ha- or if if uh if Inyash has a jesus sized <laughs> hole in his brain i have a poetry sized hole in my brain in that i've never been the kind of person to is there any sort poetry? of art that you like i mean you, you don't dance you do you like music you don't uh, go to concerts i do you like visual art i like watching movies and tv uh, movies yeah, are counts. cool right i mean movies and i can appreciate, totally and and I can like appreciate books, a good camera right? angle and stuff yeah. but okay. like uh, I guess what I'm getting at is That's like something. how much how, like how angry do you get when somebody's talking in front of you in the theater? Uh, right? Oh, this is a man that avoids spoilers to the point that he does not watch trailers. Yeah, I mean, mm. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that counts as, as ritual or not. A lot just, of trailers like, are really shitty, so that's There's kind of actually wise. a really good meta or example for ritual when it comes to cinema, though. And it's not going to see a movie with friends. It's going to like the 50th anniversary of a movie and being able to like talk on all the lines with everyone and share that like we're going to share this experience. Yes. Rocky Horror is a perfect example of this because everyone knows the lyrics. Everyone knows the words. And we go through and we participate in this and build a community through this, even if it's just for a moment. 
Uh, I haven't seen Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show. Oh, that's okay. Maybe because the cultish fandom d- deterred me from it. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so, so the whole... I, the, I say that yeah. some, somewhat tongue-in-cheek. The whole uh, cult thing, it's like... It's not a very useful term, right? No. So, like, there's, there's, um, oh, you but, can, what ritual is? What? Sorry, yeah, blood. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I feel I, like I'm, I'm not, coming uh, off more adversarial. Than in I'm case I wasn't to. clear, I'm not pro blood ritual. I, I am you, pro barbecues. I like. I mean, do you yeah. consider like <laughs> our monthly less wrong meetups to be sort of a ritual? Yes. No, because anyone can wear what they want. Yeah. You don't have. We're not holding hands. We don't do a stand up ceremony. We don't. But they're always on the first Tuesday of the month. Because it's convenient for a calendar. Just like I always brush my teeth at night. Like yeah, I'm not, okay. not at 10 in the morning because I'm you know, at work. Right? Like when we, when we push it back to the second Tuesday because of the 4th of July, I was like, oh, that's a little less special this month. Oh, I, I didn't feel that way whatsoever. Oh, no? Okay. I think I would have felt maybe that would be less special if three people showed up because everyone else was off doing 4th of July stuff. There were right, fewer right. people this month. Yeah. Well, because like we also often order food and or drinks, we are imbibing the the in, intoxicants <laughs> as we a group. We are taking communion. Can, can, <laughs> can I can I articulate my thought on that? Is sure. that we're ordering food and buying drinks because people buy drinks during social things for like because it's I call them social lubricants. But someone laughed at me once. That's why yeah. you imbibe alcohol when in a group because it's more it makes you more relaxed. Yeah. Uh, and we buy food because it's seven p.m. Most of us came from work. So like it's not if we all bought the same dish and we and you couldn't come unless you ordered a white Russian, then it would be really weird, right? Yeah. So that, that's when that to me that's that's where I draw the line at ritual. Like when you have to do this to be part of the club, all you have to do to be part of the restaurant community is show up and not be a dick. And I I'm order not going to say everybody that, else because I have the most refined palate. What would you order? <laughs> Out of curiosity. Uh, 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 no. Oh, you should, you should have had something. What? Uh, <laughs> Oh no the uh, the the adult macaroni and cheese is, yeah. is really great yeah solid with the blackened chicken so you know I all the the vegans and vegetarians feel well, really wouldn't wouldn't the really wouldn't the whole context of a very different feel if we had to come in bathrobes and order white Russians that would be kind of awesome though that would like, be like, sort of awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that would be kind maybe of awesome, awesome right? but wouldn't it be very different than what we do yeah it would be so different. that's what I'm, that's yeah, what I'm it, right at. yeah so I like I, I'm okay with not calling that a ritual I I, I don't I don't mind um I, so I I see your point as far as I actually am disagreeing. I think it is a ritual, but I think that you are possibly confabulating. Okay, I'm going to get really weird here. Right with ritual. That's I please. I'm um, I'm open to rites to hear. are the very formalized. We will do this thing. We will wear the silly hat. We will say the sayings kind of thing. Ritual is something that we do to build things. And as I'm a witch, so as a witch, I use ritual per, like intentionally to create things in my life. Maybe Can we, we get like, into that in more depth? Yeah, or do you not want to talk about that's it? kind of yes. a, an interesting thing to drop into a conversation, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, if it means what I think it means, you just cut, casually dropped that I can I can fly, and I'm one and, phone call away from winning James Randi's million dollars, and I sleep with <laughs> Satan, <laughs> which can confirm. <laughs> so okay, there's a little bit of backstory here. So I'm a psychology major, and I love hacking the brain. I think it's really interesting to be like, well, if I do this thing, how do I feel about that? And how do I perceive the world through this different lens? Magic is basically that to me. I use ritual to look at the world in a different way. Can you discuss your methods briefly? briefly or are they, or, or is there some ceremony involved not. where we can't talk about it? No, we all need a hat. <laughs> and bathrobes. And, and bathrobes. And you need to give me two thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of the stuff I expect from from ceremony, right? Or from ritual. I'd like uh. to make it clear that even though I said I look like a wizard, I'm not a wizard <laughs> here. So Vivian, please continue. Okay. So 
it, it ties into intentionality and putting yourself in the mind place of being able to think and look at the world in a different way. So when I do ritual, for example, I use dim lighting, I use candles, I use incense, because it transforms the world that I am used to into a world that I have created as a ritual space. So like a darker, smellier room. Yes. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Just make sure I'm, I'm on the right page. Uh, your olfactory senses are, are really closely linked to like emotional memory also. Yeah. So like if you're trying to create a specific feeling... Um, at a specific time and then like you're only going to do that at a certain time of year or certain you know whenever you're doing a certain thing ha like burning incense or, or a certain type of wood or whatever is actually a really good way of doing that sure and it and it so. trains your brain to be like okay brain when I want to do this thing I, I smell this thing and that is the place where I want to be in my head to be able to generate what I want out of this scenario and I'm not saying that I'm going to like suddenly operate millions of dollars or some random shit like that. That's not how it works. What magic is for, and I'm sure there are many people on the internet who will disagree with me, what magic is for is transforming how you see the world and how you participate in it. So magic is DMT or LSD? That's another, that's a oh, question yeah. for well, someone no, but, else. But, but, but that fits what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, I yes, have heard a lot is. of people say that oh, sort okay, of thing. So it's yeah. different than like, I'm going to make this happen by chanting the right words in front of this circle oh, that I drew. Me, no. Okay, so you painted, I think the word witchcraft yeah, carries a little bit of weight. Really, so really like, because by your definition, uh, Jenkins is legit a wizard. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Kinda, yeah. Uh, I, well, when I describe I the smell of DMT, I, I literally describe it as smelling like magic. Yeah. Like, it, like I, I don't know how else to describe it. It smells like magic. Sure. And there's yeah, a little it, bit I, more to it. But, I'm oversimplifying but, but it. I, I don't use the word magic the way she does mm -hmm. at all. I, I've, I have no idea what she's talking about, to be totally honest. But you don't I'm use still word, very confused. You don't use the word magic in the Harry Potterian sense of you make no. things happen by doing things. Uh, no. Okay. No. So. But it's, it's all psychological. Why and use that word then? Um, because it's ritual. It's because it right. ties into the... It's a, it's a shorthand for what we are creating in this world. And there, there, are, there are several schools of belief that talk about this in different ways, and I'm completely oversimplifying what I'm actually doing. But I'm going to use the Setian sort of point of view for this to just kind of describe it. The Temple of Set is an offshoot of the uh, Church of Satan. And the Setians believe that, and I'm going to hope that I'm getting this right, something along the lines of that you are a god, and it is your point, it's your point to find out your meaning in life. And so when you use magic, the point of the magic is to make you the person that you see yourself being in Kefir. And that's basically the point of magic is like this, not, it's going to sound hokey to say it, but to self-actualize and self-grow to the person and the, using the power you want to have in the world. So, I mean, I, uh, minus a lot of the vocabulary there, a lot of that sounds like things that are desirable that like most people try to do all the time, right? Yeah. So like we try to self-actualize and make a difference, become who we're meant to be, that sort of thing. I guess it is interesting that you'd couch it in turn, like the first premise of the Setian sect of whatever, that you're a god and it's your responsibility to figure out who you are. I guess, how do they come to that first premise? I mean... It sounds I, like abuse of the I, I word have just god picked up anyway. the satanic like, Bible. Like, like when most people say god, they, they mean like a being that can do things that regular humans can't do. Well, I think yeah, that's right. probably why of, they so. use the term because of the because of the emotional load that comes with it. It is very empowering to tell someone you are a god. We are all gods. We can affect this world. 
I like some of Yudkowsky's favorite. Well, some of my favorite of his writings are things that use very, uh, like not religious, but emotionally charged words. He he when he compared uh, evolution to the gibbering idiot god Azathoth, I thought that was a wonderful way to make his point. And um, not just. Like speaking it uh, in physical terms, this is what evolution does, and this is how, why you know these things make sense and these things don't. But to actually put it in poetic terms like that spoke to me on an emotional level. But wouldn't it be like deliberately misleading to obfuscate and say, "Now I'm going to just re- henceforth, without any explanation or without any further explanation, I'm going to start calling evolution God without any caveats." So how many times do we just in our in-group refer to Azathoth instead of evolution? Or what we refer to Moloch when we mean out-of-control optimization systems. So, uh, Moloch is two syllables. Yes. As opposed to out-of-control optimization processes. Right. I ran out of fingers. But no one who hasn't read Meditations on Moloch, and admittedly probably a dozen posts before that to get the context, is going to know what we mean when we say Moloch. Yeah, but I guess we wouldn't necessarily then stick to that word if we're losing people. We wouldn't say, no, no, we have to call him this, or we have to call it this. No, we, I mean, If you no. call on it, it's a ritual. <laughs> no, we wouldn't stick to it necessarily, but we know that everyone in our group knows what that means, and so we use it for shorthand for us. Okay, so I think maybe that was my... I, and in, I, I like invoking Moloch in, in regular yeah. conversation also. And in terms of you are a god, but, I mean, but Bitesky I, I, has but, the but post I, that I agree god with Steven in that it's like, it's really... It, 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 it's not useful as as far as getting a point across to somebody who hasn't read the source material, right? Right. Uh, so, oh, I think that's one of the neat things about saying you are a god if you're part of the Temple of Set, because it is specifically in a Christian culture, and they realize that basically everyone has the same idea of God as they do. So when they say you are a god, they know that everyone has basically a similar idea to them, and they can invoke that shorthand. When we say we invoke Moloch, we can only do it with our group and people who know that. If we were in a Christian setting, we could reference Jesus or the cross or something, and everyone would know what we're talking about. Okay, so I think that's what I'm going to be straight with you, Vivian, that you, uh, I've, I've known that, like, you called yourself a witch in the past, and so, like, that is a very loaded word, right. and maybe that's part of the goal. That's very much part of the goal. It's so, all like, hacking. It's on what? It's all hacking. Well, but like it paints the picture of an insane person, <laughs> uh, and so, but only kind because only bit. because this yeah. wasn't the first interaction I had with you, I knew that it must have been something else. But if that was all I knew about you, I'd be like, oh, she's insane, because <laughs> insane people are witches and wizards, right? So, in the broadest use of the word, so that's why I feel like the like the language that you're using is kind of important in that you're missing a lot of people. By, uh, it also depends on your culture. Well, and the thing is, is there's a high t- there's a there's a phrase called antinomianism, which I find to be particularly interesting. And it's you do the thing that will contradict the culture in order to prove it to itself, basically. And I'm oversimplifying and kind of adding my own spin to it. But when I call myself a witch, I'm doing it because I think it's funny, because it categorizes some of the stuff that I actually do. And also because it pisses off Christians. Okay, so I can, those are things I can understand. So, like, you're not the kind of person that people thought they were burning at the stake 400 years ago. I actually probably would be. Well, but they thought they were burning people who were casting spells and doing witchcraft. Which I do. But you don't do it in the way, see, that's, that's where I'm getting at with, like, the language problem, is that you're, you don't really, you're not waving a wand and casting spells and turning people into cats. And so that's, Unless you are, I, I would really like to. That would be fun. <laughs> okay, but like, so that's that's what wanting they, to and that's, actually that's, doing that's it. What, are totally that's what witch different. burners thought that witches were doing when they set them on fire. So sort of. Um, if you look at 
Parti- I, I, I study I this particular point of history. I, so. And I have to, I know that I'm oversimplifying it. So like, I'm probably less, less than you. I know that like, for the most part, it was never that clear cut, but like the picture that we have in our heads of like that person down the street's a witch. Cause they're casting spells and, you know, ma- making the rain not come or making it come too much. That's a picture. That's people picture, right? But that's the, that's a really interesting way to look at it though, because I call myself a witch to defy those who call people witches. Yeah. And I, so I guess I can, so, dig that, but like by every sense of the way that you're using the word witch, Jenkins is a witch too. Yes. And <laughs> that's uh, okay. Well, unless he doesn't want to get burnt at the stake. Yeah, but the thing know. is, is you're using, okay, there's this thing called labeling theory in sociology. I'm also a sociology major. Um, where the label is either applied or inherent. And witchcraft for a very long time has been an applied label and it's been an applied deviant label. And so when you say, like if you were to call Jenkins a witch, you would be like, you would be applying that label and you'd be applying all the concepts that you had in your head about a witch in that label. Right. And when I say I am a witch, I am taking that label and saying, I defy you in these things you assume about me. Yeah. And I, so I guess I, and I totally understand where you're coming from and what, what you mean by that. Plus it's funny. Yeah. I think maybe that's where like, I mean, I, I see how it's funny, but like it's, you know, when I'm pointing out this is tangentially related, like the uh, the atheist movement realized that atheists had a lot of baggage. They tried to go with brights for like three years, and it never really could, mm-hmm. took off. Yeah, that was um, awful. So I can see how and by you know, they the, it was a very small subset that actually wanted to go with brights. Yeah, but it was some of the big names. Yeah, it, it was, was people, a few, yeah. the people who go to conferences, the people that people go to conferences to see. So well, some uh, of the people. Yeah, yeah, not obviously all of them. Right. Um, but I mean, there's not much to I think beat here except for like. I don't know if, yeah, I mean, I think I'm not sure where we disagree other than we're like, not disagreeing. Yeah. So I guess I'm not sure what we're talking about. Well, the thing unless that, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing more. Yeah. The thing that we're kind of talking about is the application of the label and why I use it. And I use it to a piss people off B to describe what I do and C to confuse people. Cause it's funny. Yeah. I certainly get points one and three. I think two, uh, you only describe to people what you're doing to people who know what you mean when you misuse the word yes. or when you miss. Yeah. So <laughs> like that, then that's fine. But mm-hmm. that's just what like that's, that's dreamer. Like it seems like this really needlessly complicated language game, unless everyone's on board with the whole set, they have to buy the whole deck unless they, if they want to, if they want to understand everything. Right. Some people just got to be contrarians. And well, I t- that, and I'm, not, I'm not hating on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that uh, in fairness, I do kind of hate on it a little bit. I'm like, why you got to make things complicated and difficult? But the reason I also use it is for that second reason. So people that are also witches or consider themselves as such know that I have a commonality with them. So you have commonality with the type of witch that you are, not somebody who believes that if they really wanted to, they could cast a Vada Kedavra. Unless you do. I have a commonality with them in that we use the same tools, but I use them intentionally. Right. You use them like as placebos without knowing? Okay. Exactly. I mean, and, and I'm not like saying, you know, I'm so much better than all those witches out there that believe they can turn people into cats, you know, because that's well, absolute I, bullshit. I, I think I'm gr- so much better than all those witches out there that I'm, believe I'm, that they can turn themselves into cats. That's because you're a wizard, sir. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm prepared to say no. that as well in that, like, I feel like I have a better grasp of my sanity and reality. I'm not where, sure. Like, if I felt like I could wave a, a, a stick and make stuff happen, like, then I would be doing that, right? I wouldn't just say I could and just never do it. I mean, my go-to weapon has always been James Randi's Million Dollars, the JRF uh, Million Dollar Paranormal Challenge. So, like, if you could do anything magic and you can demonstrate it under, or if you could do anything paranormal, supernatural, occult, and demonstrate it under controlled test conditions, 
you get a million dollars. So somebody who is like, oh yeah, I could do that. I just don't really need a million dollars, right? So like, those are the people that I, I, they're they're okay with like this huge inconsistency in their head Mm -hmm. that I'm prepared to say that like I would, I'm, I am not okay with those. I feel like that's a better place to be. Well, I think you're confabulating the people who say they're witches and the people who believe they're witches. Which I, I know I definitely I, am. Which, <laughs> because because why so would you say I, you I'm making, are? I'm making I'm making a very I'm making a probably incorrect distinction here, so forgive me. But um, people who, honest to goodness, believe they are witches in the context of American Christian society are usually not people who are actual witches. This is going to sound very like um, what's that movie? The the never mind. Um, the but people who say you know I am a witch. It's usually like a practice and a way of living your life and way of looking at the world rather than like people are like, I'm a witch and I can turn people into cats for a million dollars. Those people tend to be delusional. That's sort of like the picture that's painted when they use that language. Right. And so I get going against that and cutting against the grain. I, I, I feel like while I often don't have the energy to do that or the inclination, I feel like it's an important thing to do if only to make people keep things in check for why they're doing the things they're doing. And it's also a religious sort of practice as well. I tend to dislike the word religion to a large extent because I grew up Catholic and my family is incredibly capital C, capital A, capital everything Catholic. And when you look at paganism and witchcraft as a religious form of looking at a life, it becomes a very different thing. It becomes more than just, I'm going to turn people into cats. And I was using that as a shorthand. Yes, I'm also using it as as a shorthand. All right, so I think we're on the same page. This yes. is great. I'm really, yes. having, I'm really enjoying this. I feel like this is, uh, I mean, it certainly cleared up where you, where I knew you couldn't have been coming from <laughs> because I've talked, because I've spoken with you. But uh, yeah, that was. Well, so now that we've had a big kumbaya moment, what can we use spirituality or and or ritual for in in more rationalist circles? Powerful um, experiences. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're ready to move to that. Did you have anything you wanted to add to, like, because we were talking about, I, like... I don't feel like I was a part of that conversation. I, I, I didn't really you want You literally to opened be. a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. That's uh, well, I, I, I don't know. It, it, um, it was a I, bit... I'm not calling myself a wizard, except in jest, it, sometimes, when I, when I dress up like one or something. Um, which, which I think is fun. I think people hat? should have wizard robes in their home. Like, just to have... Oh, I, I, thought, I thought of a really right. charged example I could use here. Oh. I could be like, oh, I'm going to relabel the word pedophile because I love children. <laughs> I love people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go against that, that nasty use of the word. Uh, no, but that's actually really interesting because it talks and about you're doing deviant it to labels. piss people off. I, I think I can check uh, most of the boxes you're checking. No, right? you can. Yeah. You can. And it's uh, how labels I, are used. I don't in see a, the value in doing either one of those, is, is, is what I was. I think that's why I opened the book, is I don't see the value. But apparently you do. I. It doesn't bother me enough that I'm going to like yell at you for it, though. So what I'm loving about this is these are the two strong ritualists in the room, and we I found a point. I suppose so. Where yeah. <laughs> well, but there's I, there's a difference between understanding ritual and understanding basically religious practice. I know. I just like how you guys came in kind of on the same team, and now there's some. At, now <laughs> I was never on Jenkins' team. Oh. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I didn't think I was on her team either. But I thought that you guys there were are both no defending ritual here, to man. me, who wasn't a big fan. Yeah. I mean, there's but, there's not teams, but we talked about how natural oh. outgroup thinking was so yeah uh, but in answer to the question that Eniash was saying powerful experiences so so we're going to unpack the pedophile example what I don't I don't want to I am so ready to but (laughs) I I I think that's a good example and what what would you like to say about the pedophile example 
Well, when you talk about labeling theory, you're talking about using labels to deviantize p- groups of people. And so we do that legitimately with pedophiles to Not be like... necessarily just to deviantize. It's also for all kinds of other useful, hugely useful things. Yes, yeah. but we use them as deviant labels to say that person is dangerous. So with pedophiles, yes, that person is dangerous. Sure, okay, yeah. But when you reclaim the label, like in the 1500s, of which was dangerous, given certain parameters for if you believe moral panics. People, if you believe yes. what people might believe, yeah. Um, but now witches aren't dangerous. Witches are pagans or Wiccans or Satanists or whomever who have a, spe- a specific way of looking at life that tends to be on a sort of religious plane when dealing with that. And so you reduce the label to make it less dangerous. Pedophiles are always dangerous. Well, mm. unless I rebrand pedophile to mean I love all humans, including young humans. No, because Especially there's... Especially young humans. Oh <laughs> uh, there's a difference when you're looking at something that is dangerous and something that isn't dangerous. Um... I mean, but like, I feel like we'd play the same sort of language game. Like you said, you're casting spells and doing stuff. Well, I'm loving kids, right? Again, don't take this out of context. I'm making a point. Um, but, but you see how, how like, so that's why I, I see am not a huge fan of those work, language yeah. games because they, they paint, they pave the road for exactly that sort of obfuscation. Yes. And then if we were able to shift the culture around the word pedophile and then all of a sudden loving kids was great because everyone loves kids. Well, then what about like what we mean when we really mean loving kids in the way that we mean currently for how well, pedophiles to use, love kids. To use that, what do you think we really mean when we're talking about witchcraft? I don't have a succinct definition for it. Um, People who believe they have powers that they don't actually have. Yeah. So like but that label has also changed. Well, I mean, so th- I, I think I think uh, that Jenkins hit it right on the head, which was my my impression of the of the previously going into this was that most people who said I'm a witch were people who believed they had magic powers. Like and when in, I hear in that, the, I think of the people that try to sell spells on eBay and like the standard uses of all of those words. So like when you when you if you want to like rebrand you know four words in that sentence and and change where basically all the labels are pointing, then you can get away with something very different. But like I said, I don't see how that is any different from changing. Uh, and maybe there's, for the sake of argument, I'm going to, to like, you know, fall back on that pedophile example, right? I don't see where the important difference is there. Maybe you said something about harm. Yes. Can you expand on that? We use labels in ways that allow us to describe if someone or some group is dangerous to us as an in-group, out-group. Not necessarily just to us. Pedophiles aren't dangerous to me. But it's dangerous. I to look the young, but not that young. Dangerous <laughs> to our society. Yeah. Yes, and that's, that's the, yeah, they're dangerous. To, they're dangerous to us. Okay. I mean, just by by like lowering. Um, so like, if I go hang out at a park looking kind of like a wizard, and I'm like staring at kids a little too long or something like that, <laughs> I yeah, that affects me in, in in that sort of way. Just just the fact that they exist, and our culture is terrified of them. Sure. Um, just kind of assumes that. Uh, you know, then, then that, you know, damages me. Like, I like kids. I, <laughs> I you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable around kids, but I'm like, if young. one comes up and like gives me a big hug, like, I'm going to run away. Uh, like, you know, right. Because even though I, I, I don't mind, right? Like, uh, I would not mind get, receiving a hug from a child. I don't, I don't, it, that, that sounds kind of nice on, on the surface level, right? It's but just, you know, this basic. Sure, people don't thing. dress up as pedophiles for Halloween. Yes, they do. Do they? Yes. Oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah, Jared from Subway was a costume I definitely saw. Oh, that's disgusting. My my sense of faith in humanity has just been destroyed. Thank you. Yeah, well, so, um, yeah. Ew. We don't have to beat this too much longer. I feel like it was a fairly large digression, but it was interesting. It was a conversation I'm wanting Mm -hmm. to have, and I I appreciated having it. Uh, I just, 
so there's a difference. You so like this the language obfuscation game is a game that is only okay as long as everyone knows they're playing the game and what the rules are, and they're not doing it to hide something harmful. Yes. Okay, so that's that's a good understanding that I can walk away with. And I would think so. Yes. Okay. Except if you're Christian and you really think witches exist, and then that's just funny. Until someone sets you on fire. I would like to see them try. You think you're impermeable to fire? No, I know Kung Fu. You what? I know Kung Fu. You don't need to be within Kung Fu range to set somebody on fire. It, well, it's hard to set a human on fire. Unless it you've got, like, actually really hard to set a human on fire. Or, 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 or lighter fluid or all the stuff right. that you can easily get at Walgreens. Right, okay, like, if you're going to really go out of your way, you can set someone on fire. I go to, you go to the grocery store once every couple of weeks. I'm I just see, saying. I, I was thinking, like, you were, you were going to try to use a lighter or something. Well, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all about that lazy path, right? Okay. Air's um, pretty flammable. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Cleverly, you don't have a lot of it. Maybe, on, maybe that's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Fix that. So, so going back to the using ritual because it gives you experiences. Powerful experiences. Powerful experiences, yeah. Interesting I don't know. Interesting experiences. That's, I suppose if that's your thing, you can do that. If powerful experiences are your thing. Yeah. Why do you like reading good books or just books? Okay, I mean specifically the spirit, powerful experiences you get from rituals. It, for a lot of people, it would not be. Because you get the weird squicky, they're trying to channel me and use me for their purposes feeling. Yeah, being hit in the face is a powerful experience, but it's not <laughs> one that you want to have, right? Or many of us. Well, um, I mean, being recruited into the military is a very powerful experience, but I wouldn't want to experience that. Oh, yeah. like I mean, and so is like skydiving, and I don't want to do that either. But like, I guess I'm trying to think of like, just because it's a powerful experience doesn't mean that it's good or desirable. Right. Um, I like sure, to just, I like to just set them, my boundaries because I really are, don't. Right? So you, you, can, you can accept that many powerful experiences are desirable right sure yeah like like orgasms orgasms would be powerful experiences that most people want to have right so do you think so. most of the the people in the rational sphere that do try to do these sorts of rituals it's for the powerful experience aspect uh i think it's mostly for the group bonding from what i can tell i think <laughs> a lot of rationalists or aspiring rational whatever mm -hmm. less wrongers um are kind of weird socially right right so they're kind of building their own thing in their own way and um i think that's cool you know do it however yeah, uh, I don't know, but I, I I think that's the main reason uh, for most people. But but it's also like... Uh, I think for me, it's always going to feel like wearing your parents' clothes until we get something that is comfortable and doesn't feel like mm. the churches that we grew up in. That's why you have to build it. Yeah, right, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's why, why you make liked, it your own. That's right? why I liked Welcome to Night you know, Vale so much. This is something... It's got know. several years of just, you know, fun, weird stories, and then they come along and do just... Tongue-in-cheek sort of yeah, things. So, I, I mean, I could totally see, like, maybe right. on, on a university group, people start doing reenactments of various shows and mm -hmm. that building somewhere in the future. Right. But it, it ties back to the reading poetry example. And then you getting silly hats to read poetry in. You build, and it's kind of a weird comparison, but you build ritual and you build it through what you do as a community. So you got to start small. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can't jump right into the, uh, the candles and the holding hands and chanting. No, because that will automatically make people adverse to it, especially people that come from a religious background or come from a background that is dubious of the trappings of religion. So, I mean, kind of running with and thus butchering Inyasha's example of wearing your parents' clothing, which I'd never heard before, but then to me, something sounds really just super unappealing about like trying to recreate the experience of wearing uncomfortable parents' clothing, right? Because like, just because you miss wearing it, like, I guess maybe I'm the kind of person, again, told you I'd ruin the metaphor, who never liked that. Right. So... I mean, 
I guess luckily my childhood wasn't super full of ritual, at least not the distasteful kind. Like we did do Christmas on Christmas Day, but not like we didn't sing a song or, you know, read a Bible verse or anything. Um, so like mm. it was Christmas is the best. <laughs> it was just done as like, you know, the the thing people do, but not in like, okay, well, we also do all this weird other stuff. Like, I mean, you can, I feel like a good rule of thumb that I'm kind of running with is like, you can wear whatever you want. So like, <laughs> um, there is, you know, I've never had anything like that in my life um, that I, you know, really wanted to get into. I mean, I went to like my graduation ceremonies because it was important for my family, not because I wanted to. Like, that's the level of like, eh, just send it to me in the mail. It's the same thing for me. Like, that's just the level I'm operating at. And I, I'm not saying that's better. I'm probably am missing out of something. But you feel weren't like, too uncomfortable with the everyone had to wear the same sort of graduation gown and walk up in order and... No, I mean, like... With the, the song playing in the background. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it of my own... I mean, it was of my own volition in that I wasn't held at gunpoint, but I wouldn't have done it if I didn't feel like my family would have been bummed if they couldn't go to this. Like, they wouldn't have had as much fun watching me open it when it arrived in the mail, right? So, like, I didn't do it for me. I did it for them. Did you feel more comfortable with that ritual because... Or that ceremony because it was explicitly non-religious? I feel like I just, like I I only did it because I felt like I would be letting people down if I didn't. Yeah, but you didn't feel like weird and gross when you did it, right? No, I guess not. And maybe it was the lack of seriousness. And I guess not all, all rituals are serious, from what I'm understanding here. Like, well, the ceremony, I mean, the, the graduation ceremony is supposed to be very serious. Well, it's serious to the, like, people talking to the microphones, but the rest of us were just goofing around, just okay. sitting there and, you know, making jokes. Um, a lot like church when you were a kid. Probably. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to church a lot as a kid either, so I maybe less than half a dozen times. Okay. So it's a lot of. Lucky you. It's yeah. a lot of L- doodling lot of sleeping inside. on Sundays and cartoons. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of doodling inside the watchtower and just daydreaming. Oh, you know what? I can bump that number up to like a dozen because we used to go like every summer-ish when my great-grandparents would go. So that counts. But I mean, yeah, you're right because I specifically remember the doodling. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't allowed to doodle. Oh, I'm sorry. You had you to just sit there and the listen missile. to that shit? Well, yeah. You know, in church, you can't deface the miss- It's called a missile in Catholic church, okay. M-I-S-S-A-L. And it's the book that shows you where you're supposed to stand and sit and kneel and what words to say and all the ritual right kind of stuff. And that's R-I-T-E, right? Not right. Oh, Yes, thank you. Man. Thank you, Jenkins, that. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't sing either. I should put that on the table. That was You should try singing. That, that was actually really cool, yeah. Just learn. Yeah, that was good. I, no, it's, it, 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 all of these things Just stop sucking, Stephen. It's, no, no, it's, not, it's not stop <laughs> sucking. It's like most of these things require practice, right? So when yeah. I was a child, I had to sing like really, really terrible worship songs. Like contemporary Christian music is the worst form of music oh, yeah, that awful. I can think of. I, I, it's the worst. And I, classic hymns, though, when done what? properly. Classic hymns, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's why I said contemporary yeah. Christian worship music. It's it's the worst. Um, yeah, it, but yeah, it just it takes time and practice and, and whatnot. It's like you sucked biking the first time you got on a bike, too. But you stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this gets into like probably repressed childhood memories of bullying or something. But like, there's a difference between to like I can enjoy, uh, like the maybe some of these things that started earlier and it made it easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, a I, lot of we'd people, have to take them case by case. A lot of people like, are told when they're young that they can't sing and they should stop. Mm-hmm. And I recently heard that that is like a violent thing to do someone, and I agree because singing is such a good, awesome. Enjoy, emotionally enjoyable thing and so I'm going to really try nice. to start to learn but right up until a year or two Same ago I dancing. also always yeah. felt People that tell a lot of white boys that they can't dance and it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. White boys, you can dance. You just got to try a little harder. Yeah. And ju- up until a few I mean, years ago I had been very much the, the same sort of thing. I would yeah, never right. sing, never dance cuz 
Dancing's fucking great. mortifying, Y'all embarrassing, dance. horrible, and just start that's working why you're dancing on it. Dark and rooms. it is nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that's preventing people from being able to experience a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, though. Because it's like you can't participate in this thing because you aren't quote unquote good enough at it. And therefore you don't get to experience that community and that ritual. Maybe it's intentional to full funnel people more into like churches and doing things like the oh, chanting so. and yeah, as opposed to dancing and stuff. Well, I mean, and there's some like Christian sects that do dancing as part of their ritual. Yeah. yeah. Dan- dancing was, I mean, m- most of the reason most Christians don't do a lot of dancing is because it was like not allowed. It, I mean, dancing's really sexual a lot of the time mm-hmm. too. So it's like, it's hard to not have it be like not sexual. Mm-hmm. Unless you're holy ghosting doing the holy you know, ghosting. That's what? what I, that's what I call oh, it. Yeah. Oh, space enough for Jesus between you two. Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. I mean, when yeah. you feel the spirit coming over you. Oh, and you, like, see yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff. Okay. yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Comedian Hannibal cool. Burris and I call it holy ghosting. Holy ghosting. <laughs> Red. I mean, that sounds fun, but, uh, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, don't like, give yourself a seizure or anything but but yeah I, so do you have any forms of like self-expression that aren't this podcast or no. conversation or anything like that yeah so and i, and I, so I, I, I don't say, say that tongue-in-cheek you're, you're missing something of value i'd say I, like something that well it's really valuable to me anyway to have and i think if you developed one or or multiple well Stephen y- it would be memes. valuable to you too right i think memes but are sort of a modern memes? day way yeah to oh, express yeah, yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. i totally don't, i don't yeah. make or share memes <laughs> I, I observe <laughs> them on reddit and i'll occasionally text a cute picture that i find yeah but, i've had you've shared uh, memes with me before can you name one example? Uh, not off the top of my head because you've you literally me with just so showed me them. one. I showed you an XKCD comic. That's and very different than gra- like a picture a of Eugene of of the like graph. Cell phone, yes. Oh yeah, See? that was a meme. But yeah. I mean, okay, so where I think I think uh, meme is very modern day sort of way to express yourselves. So my first of all, I didn't make either of those. Second of yeah, all, you don't have to. Make my them. first exposure to the word meme was in the Richard Dawkins Dawkinsian sense, and, and I then really it was very weird so in like 2011 when people started using it all the time. I'm like, did this book like? Get really popular again? What's happening? This high class motherfucker Um, over here. No, I mean, I wish we still had the origin of the word meme. I wish we still had a word that meant that because it's a very useful word. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, well we do. It's just only with specific groups of people, right? Right. Depending on the yeah. Yeah. (gasps) You have to say meme in the original (laughs) thing. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Just call most memes like image macros, and then I mean that's that is most memes, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. so, no, I think you're absolutely right. I am missing out something. That's one of the reasons I was eager to do this podcast. I did mm. run a blog for like a year where I wrote something every day and then deleted it like five years ago. Mm. Um, but like my main thing is I don't have like, maybe it's because I'm not good at, I'm, I'm told I'm not good at singing, not by like mean people, but just like as a matter of fact, it's just like I'm told I'm not over six feet tall. Like you happen not to uh. be good at singing. So like, you know, I don't have a good pitch for, or, you know, ear for pitch or tune or whatever. Mm. I can't hold a beat. I mean, so like, it's it's the same way as like telling someone in second grade you're not good at algebra. That well, is true, but they can become good at algebra. I mean, I like, it's how more much like time? being colorblind? Well, no, 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 no. Like you're no. not really you're, 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 you you're not good at discerning the colors green and red. Well, like if you I, practice maybe, enough, you'll be good I, at so, it. So, yeah, if you if you tried really hard and like you never progressed, maybe. But and it might be one of those things that you have to learn when you're a child. Also, I don't know. I did um, take music classes all through primary school. You did or didn't? I did. Like oh, okay. we had two K through six, and then in junior high, I was in choir. Just like, yeah, but like I was in those same shit. bullshit music like those ones? classes. Yeah, what? those aren't. Fair. I don't think those really count. Oh. To be totally honest, well, then the I mean, unless it's like me. intensive practice. So uh, schools yeah. have failed us all. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I've always been a fairly musical person and musically inclined. So it, I, I don't. It's it's hard for me to empathize with uh, you in that sense. But um, I. 
I assume that if you spent a lot of time or spent, you know, a, a small piece of the time, you know, any musical person has spent, you'd, you'd start to get it. I'll give I it a shot. Think, I'll have to figure out some more right. systematic way to approach you it. you listen to music? Time. Right? Not as that's often probably, as most people. That's probably the first step is listening to like and liking music, I suppose. There's YouTube videos know. that teach you how to <laughs> sing. <laughs> the, I, yeah, I know how well you're doing. What? Like, what's your feedback? You have to have somebody listen to you sing and say, thumbs up, thumbs down. You can right? hear yourself, yeah. for one. and You can also I, record yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, I mean, baby steps. I'll, find, I'll find some way to, to edge into this. But, like, but I so, think Stephen does have ways to express himself. You were really big into um, that soul, the game that hurts you until you like it, Soul Calibur? No, not Soul Calibur. Oh, Dark Souls. <laughs> Dark Souls, yes. <laughs> like, so I, I play video games. So the, the honest trailer pitch for the Dark Souls series was the, the game that fucks you till you love it. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, like, I play video games, but I don't know if that counts as self-expression. Like, I don't make video games. Right. Like, so, but like, I, I there, think there's, there's, there's a difference, difference between playing video games and, like, getting deep into them and knowing a lot about them. And Is there... I, I, I mean... There, I, one's, one's a form of, probably, like, hobbyism, and another's, like, a form of, of self-expression. Hobby is and, a form of self-expression. Like, once well, you're the yeah. guy who's playing Dark Souls on the gu- uh, Guitar Hero controller... I never was. I, uh, well, okay, I know, but that, 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 that is a form of self-expression itself. So... I I mean okay I I see yeah. what you're saying but I do feel like there's a difference in kind from that and like writing a song or writing a book like I don't mm-hmm. I I'm envious of the people who can do that because there's nothing in me that's creative trying to get out and do that sort of thing I feel like we're sort of far afield from where we were trying to go that's but fine. as long yeah. as this is you know no, I'm, I'm, no I'm, fine, I'm fine talking about it I just yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, if this is I don't know thought I would well this is related that. to powerful experiences right sure. well, so, Vivian so would you warn people away from attending Jesse's ritual thing because you don't know what he's trying to channel them into as long as he didn't spring it on me no okay don't spring uh, so, ritual on me uh, oh. <laughs> I'd like all of us to to join hands in prayer now so not gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that's the thing, because, like, ex- powerful experiences are powerful, and that is one of the reasons that I try to avoid them, because I'm not necessarily sure I want to get wrapped up in that sort of thing if I if I don't completely know what's, that this is a trusting it's thing. It's kind of one and of those also, things like, where the welcome, And you're giving me the... Vivian's giving me the look right now, because the Welcome to Nightfield thing, but the Welcome to Nightfield thing was also safe. It is like a crush on your high school teacher, because you know you're never going to fuck your high school teacher. Unless Maybe you're never gonna fuck your <laughs> high school teacher. Okay, unless you are in one of those Florida schools with the that you hear on Florida bottom of the news. Yeah, but no, it, it's the same thing. The Welcome Nightfield people—they're going on to Santa Fe after Denver. Uh, they're not going to have us riding in the streets or whatever, or giving them ten percent of our income. I was about to spoil the crap out of that, but they kind of did. Well, okay, just a tiny bit, but it was only just like a little bit, and it was for the greater good. That's what they would the tell you. Not, not good. I feel like it's okay to spoil it. Yeah. The uh, greater good. Uh, there, there was just a little bit at the end, sort of a a, um, a sort, slight nudge towards, you know, and maybe resist the current administration sort of feel. Stay strong, That's stay literally together. literally every artist right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, is, yeah. that, is that dangerous ritual? No, or is they, it only dangerous because it came after a ritual? Ah, oh, spoilers. Ah. Okay, I mean... We'll, we'll, we'll put a spoiler tag before this. Okay, spoiler tag before this. Okay, so and anyone who does not want the spoilers, skip ahead by two minutes. There's only like two weeks left in the tour anyway. Okay. La, 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 la. This won't be out <laughs> <Sorry>. for two weeks. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so the thing is, is they're like, go forth and say this particular phrase to everyone that you meet as a way of acknowledging them as another human being. All hail. Exactly. But that is in itself ritual. What, what do you think amen is? Yeah. 
So I'm, that's I'm okay saying all hail. It's like, well, hey, we also see, listen to Night Vale. All hail. So it's not going forth and acknowledging another human for being another human. It's going forth and acknowledging another Night Vale fan for being yes. the Night Vale fan. But it's like when metalheads throw up the horns at each other. It's just like we both like heavy metal. It doesn't mean It actually means Hail else. Satan, but... Oh, well, fine. It actually <laughs> means Hail Satan, but nowadays it means we like it heavy It really metal. just means metal. Yeah. I do yeah. this for Hail Satan. Well, you are also a witch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we have appropriated your symbol, and now it means I like metal. It can be both. It can be both, yeah. I, I'm not begrudging you the use of it. I'm just staying for accuracy that yeah. it also intentionally means hail Satan. So if you don't want to hail Satan, maybe don't do it. Okay, hailing Satan. I'm not a big fan of like, well, of those things where like, well, you know, this actually means this, right? It's like, no, it means what I thought it meant. Right. It means that 100% of the time. Language unless like, I'm just using a word wrong. Right. Language but is determined by usage. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. So like, so if everyone uses it for I like metal, it means I like metal. yeah. That's, I mean, but that's sort of just one of my little nitpicky things. I could be wrong. I think that's the, the common um, accepted thing that, um, God, I, forget, I forgot the word, but uh, the, 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 the saying is language is determined by usage, not the other way around. Well, certainly, or usage determines language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly it'd be weird, like, if you could change the definition of something and then change the thing, right? So that's, that's why, like, I feel like the map, the, the arrows point the other way. Right. Um, so anyway... So we're done spoiling, I think. Oh, we're done spoiling? I think so. Okay. Okay. And I don't think that was really... I don't feel like I got spoiled. Yeah. Okay. I don't cool. think it was really that dangerous of a thing. It's not dangerous, but there's an intent behind it. One of the things that I think is... I'm not conveying very well, is that it doesn't have to be dangerous for it to have an intent, but unless I want to fully participate in that intent, I don't participate in it. I heard anecdotally, or let me rephrase this, I have a memory of reading in uh, Shirley or Joking Mr. Feynman that when he received his Nobel Prize, he either wanted to or actually went up the stairs backwards to, re- to take his prize because he didn't like the ceremony of the whole thing. And I feel like that's sort of where I'm coming from or like where I, my feeling is like on ceremony in general. Like the whole idea of we do it this way because we've done it this way is something that I am just repellent. I, I find uh, I that's like my initial pushback. And then when we were talking, I guess bringing it way back, uh, when, Je- when uh, Jenkins and I were talking about Solstice stuff, you know, eight months ago, I was initially like, oh man, that sounds gross and weird. But then you're like, well, no, what about all the cool community stuff? And like, some people like it. I was like, well, some people like it. I'm willing to acknowledge that there's probably something there that I'm missing, as happens so often, that other people want to have. And if people want to do it, you know, I'm obviously not, not going to like try and stop you. But I was just initially like deciding whether or not to go. Mm. Um, but I initially, you know, then I was like, well, all right, I'll give it a shot. I, I don't think I would have held hands if that was part of the thing, but I would have right, watched yeah. you guys hold I probably hands. would not have encouraged that. Or whatever, right. like, other thing that felt super ceremony-y. Like, I might, I might have not participated. Like, what if all the lights were off and I lit a candle and then read something over the candle or, like, stri- slightly behind the candle? I would probably not be a dick and turn, like, around a corner so I could play on my phone. <laughs> like so, like okay, I wouldn't, right, 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 want to light up the room yeah. with my phone and be like mm-hmm. that level of, of destroy the ritual because mm-hmm. I'm right, 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 I'm now right, yeah. of mind that that's probably so, not worth uh, doing. Yeah. But so one thing um, I I usually used to point out that like most people have a sense of you know the sacred or ritual or whatever is just basically like if you're at the movies and the guy is talking in front of you, you kind of want to punch his head. Right? Well, I want to punch his head. Uh, other people want him to stop talking. Right. And you um, want to punch because, his head to make him stop talking. Right, probably. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Sorry. Violence. Violence is always the answer, guys. Remember that. <laughs> um, Violence is always the means. It's yeah. never failed yet. <laughs> so I, I share that impulse, but not um, because he's ruining the ceremony of the movie, but because 
he's ruining Immersion the broken, movie. man. And yeah. like, so that, that to me is not so much the ceremony as it is like just the experience, right? And That's, you might you might equate the two, but I feel like yeah. they're just, they're importantly different. In in what way? In the way that I can't think of a better way to articulate it than say you can wear whatever you want to the movies. Okay, but and like I, and like if 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 for like I went and saw the Avengers when it came out, a lot of mm-hmm. us were wearing some sort of costume, mm-hmm. but I didn't like sneer at the people or tell them they couldn't come or the people who weren't wearing costumes, right? Maybe it's in large part because going to the movies has never really done a lot of harm, whereas we've all seen a lot of harm coming from religious fanaticism. And personally, probably all of us, I'm, I don't know about Stephen because you were raised in a non-religious environment, but have been, I'm, at least three of us, I'm assuming, have been harmed by religion in our past, and which is one of the reasons I have a very strong aversion to those sorts of things. Like, I, I, I would not have been comfortable with that sort of thing if you turn off the lights and light a candle and read a thing. I, I, it, to me, it would have started feeling weird at that point because I'm okay. like, this brings up too many, too many associations with religion and how, how that was abused to, to hurt people and control people. What if it wasn't things that were like reminiscent, but it was just other random things? Like, all right, everyone stand on one foot and uh well it depends if, tw- if you know like, if it's cecil baldwin up on stage saying everybody raise your hand and say i swear fealty to the glow cloud i'm totally fine with that because that's fun yeah but like what if we tried to do that around like our like local community of rationalists right or whatever I mean, you want to call it's it like the- then that sounds weird like to say all right everyone swear fealty to whatever i guess like that level of yeah that would be weird that's where i see this going right, right. so i mean part of it like the harmlessness is i think maybe i'm I think I'm pretty sure I'm missing something integral here. I, I would I first know. have to feel that it is harmless, which is why I was okay with the Night Vale stuff and why I'm probably less okay with other things. So why would it be harmful in a rationalist context? Not It wouldn't necessarily be harmful. I just wouldn't Everybody already Everybody else have... already thinks we're a cult. <laughs> well, I mean, some people say that, and I think it is a gross misuse of the word cult. Uh, but I, I don't Sounds think... like something someone in a cult would say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I just would, um, the fact that someone would ask me to be in that sort of a ritual would, uh, m- that itself would make me, uh, raise, raise my suspicions because anyone who I trusted would not ask that of me, I guess. Mm. So instead of you say, Hey, we're going to do a thing. Then that's fine. You can do your thing. And but I'm like, invited. Hey, that's would great. you like to participate in this thing rather than using the word thing instead of ritual? Yeah, no, I'd be like that. No, I would not like to participate okay. in that. There's too many candles and, and other <laughs> religious trappings. <laughs> the other trappings, yeah. yeah. Uh, what if we used LEDs, right? Those don't have any religious... Uh, right, no. I mean, know, depending on what it looks like. Realization, right? Okay. Again, I was not attached to it enough yeah. to, to even and like, I mean, I it, as soon as there was like a little bit of pushback I was like no never mind this is not the time or place or whatever and I know that's um, not so what you were trying fine. to do I just mm-hmm. that is my own right, right, right. Yeah, psychological yeah, yeah. gut instinct word I feel like mm-hmm. I don't like adding things on top of things that don't bring any tangible well tangible might be the wrong word any clear value to it so like if I mean, if we want to get together and hang out for a solstice party, that's down. But like, if someone's like, all right, and now I'm going to recite the 12 virtues of rationality, like, you know, all gather around. I, that even like without the use of LEDs or candles or hats, like it still feels like a, now we're doing like a thing that doesn't like, I don't know, seems janky and like just shoving this into it to try and make it a thing. I don't know. I'm not. It's hard to do right. Like, the Hugo Awards that I've gone to a number of times now are definitely a ritual, but they're just to, you know, celebrate authors that we like. 
and and you know have have a fun time as a nerdy sci-fi reading community and so i i don't have a problem with that particular ritual and it also feels i guess it also doesn't have any of the feelings of religion it has the feelings of a secular ceremony like the oscars or something else where you dress up in suits and there's a stage and an mc and all that which is very different from from more religious sort of thing. So that's what I was going to say is that like, I'm not sure I've never been to the Hugos, but I, I, I pictured something like the Oscars where they're yeah. calling names and handing out awards. Yep. Like they're doing it that way, not because it's like the way we've always done it and this is our rituals and our ceremonies. They're doing it that way because, well, we can't just like have the crowd rush the stage and we'll hand out rewards at random, right? Like then it's, it's like they're doing it because there's a real point behind it. But they've started to build rituals into it. Yeah. I mean, originally, I haven't been to the Hugos. What do they do? Well, I mean, it's now it's more like the Oscar sort of ritual thing. But originally, for the first what twenty years or something, it was just like, here's the list of winners, and come get your statue whenever you want in this room. There was there was no like pomp and circumstance behind it at all. Wasn't there also something with like a tiara this year? <laughs> yes, I mean, which was kind of a joke. Which they've been doing for several years now. They have now. Which it's like incorporates a running gag. Into the ritual. Yeah. Maybe all rituals start as running gags. That would actually not surprise me. And then, you know, like the kids that come up are like, and we have the tiara, which goes from person to person. And the parents are dead, so they can't tell the kids, guys, that was a joke. Maybe that's the point that I stopped liking it. Okay. Because then people are just doing things unthinkingly and they don't know where these things came from or why they're doing them or they think they have, they know where they came from, but no one wrote down that it was actually a joke. Mm. They wrote down some joke. Mm. And so the people take that seriously later. But like, do you have to take ritual seriously? Um... I guess I still don't have a good idea of what ritual is. I prefer I the rituals that you don't have to take seriously. Mm -hmm. That's why I like uh, participation and and theater and that sort of thing. Or yeah, yeah. That, that would be like a concert. Concert yeah. you don't have to take seriously. That's but like, if like, you're at a metal show during the breakdown, you mosh. And right? maybe that's why I don't like the word ritual to encompass this entire variety of things. Because I yeah. mean, the the other obvious examples are like using the word sports to describe everything from contact football to chess mm -hmm. or like using the word drugs to describe DMT and aspirin. So it's like, yes, they all have some things in common, like in chess and in football, all the contestants are breathing. But like be beyond that, <laughs> like that's about it. Well, they are competing uh, against each other in a display of skill. Sure. But I mean, and I, I was using breathing as kind of okay. being a joke. There, I mean, there are yeah. There's obviously the other things. That's what separates things like chess from sleeping. Uh, you're also breathing doing that. Um, so, uh, but you're not going to convey like if you'd never heard of chess. I'm like, oh, it's this cool sport. Like that's th true. Th I mean, so you know, if your only usage of the word drugs was like the stuff you can get at Walgreens and like, oh, you should have some some LSD. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's a drug. Oh, you mean like. Tylenol. Um, so you see, right. so like when you say so, like ritual, so solemn rituals. How, yeah. how, how, okay. So, so like, it's like, I think do you ritual, always have a problem with a ritual that you have to take seriously or um, is meant to make you feel some sort of sense of awe or sadness or wonder or, or, or just made, joy or just or to make you do something. something like right? uh, really so, just doing anything like not, not that. literally anything, but cause like I said, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the elevator doors open, the people on get off and then the people yeah, that want right. off want on get on. Right. Like that's not a ceremony or a ritual. It's just like that makes sense because everyone's trying to do their thing. So, do you have a movie that really fills you with deep, like sorrow, moves you emotionally? I could think of one, but I'm trying to think of Jesse's example of like rituals. I think maybe it's because ritual to me always meant one thing, and now I'm being told there's this whole other class of things that it means. Okay, so I think no, that, I, we, so that, we can a, just have it be whatever you. I, no, so, no, and, we'll, and we, we'll, I mean, if I'm using the, if I'm missing well, for a the, lot of labels, the I'm totally fine. value of that if we see it, I suppose. Yeah, so I think that's what I think. What it was was like, um, you know, I pictured. I'm trying to think of a 
another example, but I'm stuck on the, the other ones. So I had in my, in my head what ritual meant as like the kinds of things that uh, you do at churches, not even churches, because mm-hmm. that, that's a specific kind of, of thing that people don't like. But, you know, or I don't know. I think Random a ritual is anything that is a thing that tries to subsume yourself of sense and self identity into a broader hive mind sort communal of thing. communal, yeah, okay. feeling. So, like in that sense, like like I think a graduation ceremony is supposed to instill that sense of of awe and that you are part of something greater. You're this class going forward into the world, and. Yeah, most people don't take it that seriously. But at least that's the intent, right? But you don't even have to take it seriously. Like even goofing around during a graduation ceremony, you're still part of that graduation ceremony and joining there with your classmates. So, but I mean, you're not joining in like the part of the ceremony that they're trying to make ritualistic. No, that's because the adults are stupid. Right. <laughs> so my, my, my mental schema of sports is things like, you know, basketball and football and hockey. And you're like, oh no, what about chess? And... uh I'm trying to think of something even less exciting to watch. Okay, than well, chess. let's let's just go with the solemn rituals. Competitive so grass like growing. communion, but not so like. Do you do you see that communion has value for Christians who who participate in it? Right, for sure. Okay, right. Yeah, and so, I totally get what they what mm-hmm. like. Why so they, so they're they're affirming to the community that they believe what they believe. They're they're taking part in some sort of ceremony to to you know show that, and then you know they're they're having a solemn moment, right? And they're like, hey, you know this. This whole Jesus guy was really important to us, and he told us to do this thing to remember him, and we're all going to sit here and remember him together, all at the same time. I, I think the examples I used way back in December when we were talking about it was like, I think we all kind of share similar, uh, not not similar, like, you know, we all think Jesus is rad or something. He seemed like an all right dude, right? But... <laughs> in half, in, in, in so far as yeah, right, yeah. right. In so far as not when he created he an event. Not, well, never mind. All right, thought crime and whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, ignoring all that, right? So, so like I, I feel like we all kind of think that like sometimes life is hard. You know, love is a powerful emotion. You know, uh, you know, death is scary sometimes, or you know, just life is scary sometimes. You know, sometimes we feel really small. Uh, Things like that, right? Where it's like these are all these are all things that most of us can can uh, you know uh, feel sometimes. So I think as rationalists, also we could add a few things to that. Like the world would be better if people thought through things more. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I suppose so. In the specific way that we we like, right? Yeah. Because um, our ritual tries to focus at least a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm really happy that smallpox is not around anymore, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know about you guys, pretty stoked about that one. Right? Technological so, progress is um, a good thing. Yeah, in a lot of cases. So could you kind of daisy chain right. from the communion example to and so either, either what you prefer, either the glow cloud hailing at the Night Vale or like a concert? So like, mm-hmm. well, so I, I understand where they're coming from at communion mm-hmm. and because that's what those mm-hmm. people want and, mm-hmm. they, and they have all those things. Mm-hmm. I think I need some handholding to get me from there at least some incremental steps to how going to a concert is right. so, a ritual. No, no, well, let, let's keep on the train of thought I was, yeah. I was building on, right? So if if we all tend to believe that like sometimes life is scary, right? I'd say so, maybe the winter solstice is a good time to reflect on that. It's the longest night of the year. It's really cold. A long time ago, people would die around that time or start to die because they were starving or freezing, it's right? If the they night weren't was long and That's full of horrors. Right, 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 right. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't it terrors? It is yeah, terrors. It is yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I ruined a Game of Thrones quote. 
You know, when you so, put it that way, I kind of... Right. So you, uh, you did this once before, and right, again, yeah. it makes and me it makes want sense, to right? attend the right, ritual. Right. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. that is so, so very that, So that's touching. it. It's like, we, we, all, we all kind of feel that every once in a while, right? It might be nice to feel that all at the same time together in the same place, yeah. right? And when you that, say that, that was the way, main point I want to go to your I was ritual. going for, right? Yeah, see? Don't but you want to go to my ritual now? light candles and recite verses to do that? You don't have to. You don't have to, right? But that's where I'm confused. Like, getting together and not dying all night is not a The lighting thing is so there's fewer distractions, right? So uh, it, you, you you dim the lights for if you want everybody to focus on a specific thing. Same thing for movies or theater or whatever. You dim all the side lights and you focus on the main thing. So it, the reason I brought up a candle is candles are good mood lighting, man. Sure. They don't. I I hate blue light um, at nighttime. Everyone hates blue light. Well, it, not everybody realizes they hate blue light at nighttime, though. It's weird. Not everyone um, has tried flux on their laptops. Right. Well. Right. Yeah. Doesn't that like track our shit? Everything like, track your laptop yeah, already is tracking fucking, your shit. Uh, all right, whatever. Um, anyway, so so like uh, uh, the reason I say like bring up a candle and read a thing is because like I'm I'm thinking of a few specific things like some of the sequences or or like things that uh, Scott Alexander has written or there's this big I think it's on like almost everything is broken almost no one is evil yeah um, JD yeah Andy's yeah block. yeah Jay. Um, the smallpox one, right? Yeah, right. right, right. Five hundred million, but not one more. Right, right, right. I was like, I, I read that, and I'm like, that's really fucking cool. Like, like I think that's a really, really cool piece. So, like, reading that with a group of people, it's like maybe everybody else will feel the same thing I felt when I read that if they're hearing it for the first time, or even not for the first time. They're just set aside this time of year every year to to focus on this thing and to be stoked about it, right? Because like you can't every day say so glad i didn't die of chicken pox or or smallpox or whatever glad right. i don't have the polio and so mm -hmm. people forget about how useful vaccines are but if you dedicated one day a year to that sort of thing maybe right also practicing gratitude i think is really valuable like i you know saying thanks before you eat right i think that's a great ritual uh, honestly that um i still kind of do um in my own way my uh, my lady friend she always says blessings and, and then we eat it's great <laughs> I can dig it, and, and I mean, I, yeah, and, and I don't mind at all. I'm like, yeah, I should probably, you know, be reminded to you know be thankful more often. Being thankful, I mean, like, I mean, just for like a purely selfish reason, the more thankful you are, generally, the more happy you are, right? So e even if you're you don't see the value in it inherently, you can get something out of that that way. So Why do you kind of see my point there, where it's like maybe a solemn ritual even is like specifically. It, it, that that's what I was going for, and that's why I was going for it. But if people are resistant to it, they're they're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to want to be there, and I'm not going to do it, right? So so that's why I didn't do it. Yeah, some things you said really resonated with me, and I want to get to those in just one second. But I'm trying to think of Norman Borlaug. So it would be one thing if if your wife or your lady friend wants to say blessings and then you eat. If mm -hmm. she said, "Now let's hold hands for 30 seconds and close our eyes and give our thanks to Norman Borlaug for creating all of this awesome food for us to eat." He was the Who's guy Norman who, Borlaug? He pioneered uh, the Green Revolution. Yeah, G oh, well, GMO guy. stuff. Uh, yeah. oh, okay. No, not necessarily even GMO stuff. Well, because they didn't have GMOs yet back then. He he, he pioneered careful selective breeding and mm. is credited with saving roughly okay. a billion lives. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, not necessarily. G well, depending on how you define GMOs, it's a right. whole thing. I'm prepared to bite that bullet, uh, okay. but a lot of people aren't. So, 
you see where like the difference would be, even though mm-hmm. you probably do have yeah, yeah, almost yeah. directly to think, especially if you're living in a place where... Yeah, I don't where, believe in God, so I don't think God, right? But, you might, yeah, but right. would you sit there for 30 seconds and think Norman Borlaug? Why 30? Why not 25? Like, those are the things that like bug me during rituals, right? Oh, uh, so, I mean, so, so sometimes it's just like have this set amount of time just because, but we've decided previously or we've discovered previously that that's about the amount of time that you need in order to like really focus on what's going on, right? So, you know, if you need a moment of silence, how long do you decide that moment of silence is, right? Uh, for, you know, somebody who died or, or whatever. It, sure. It, similar thing, right? Yeah. I, for, for me, the, the blessings thing is a second. Yeah. And know, I, it, I always right. have a second, right? Right. So, right, I mean, I right, can, right. Uh, it's just like whenever before I eat food products, goes in I'd my be mouth, like, Borlock's the best. Say. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Never I should do start that. doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I liked was, you know, you have an intense feeling about something and then you want to try and have a room of people feel that feeling at the same time while you share mm-hmm. it with them for the first or maybe multiple time. Mm-hmm. I can see the value in that, I think. I, I'm trying to think of what my objection half an hour ago would have been to that. And I'm not sure. It's weird. Well... Other than it is weird, it, right? Well, I mean, weird is never. I mean, I'm signed up for Cryonics. I do a lot of weird things. Yeah, like, right. Uh, so I'm, I'm not so much repelled by weird, but Fucking I think it's nerd. Like, it's the. <laughs> Go read a uh, book. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I needed to slip one of those in there. No, you're good. Because right. you're holding a book. Yeah. Uh, so I, I only brought like four books. So, yeah. I brought my phone, which has however many books. Right, infinite um, books. Yeah, I cheat. Stephen Treeware. Oh, sorry. I don't want to distract. If you had a thought, I. Consider me distracted. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. Well, uh, you're a big fan of um, Sam Harris. Doesn't he have quite a thing about like uh, the meditation and sort of a spirituality thing? Yeah, but not in a ritualistic sense. That I think even in the terms of the... Yeah, he's carrying the book. Okay. Sam Harris is waking yeah. up. It's a good book. Yeah. And I recommend it. It's yeah, very big into like the meditation, right? It is. Yeah. Which is sort of a spiritual experience. Totally. Um, definitely. Well, absolutely. Sp- spiritual, not <laughs> ritualistic experience. No. In this, even if I think in the broadest sense of the word that we're using ritual, yeah. um, like it, maybe like the circumstances by which you set up a, an environment for mindfulness kind of sound like what Vivian talks about when she sets up her spell chamber. What do you sure. want to call it? Let's call it a spell chamber. Why not? <laughs> All right. All right. It's also a sleeping chamber. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bedroom. It's a bedroom. It's a bedroom. Well, but, but it sounds it, like a bedroom. But it changes. It changes. It changes purposes when you do different things cool. in it, right? Yes. Do you have different colored lights, though. Do you have like red lights? No, I have. have I have lights. a Those fader for, on the light. It's oh. actually really cool. Oh, that's and cool. I use candles, yeah. even okay. though some well, people don't they, like yeah, them. Yeah. I mean, like that, my bedroom is also my dining room when I eat dinner in bed. You should never eat dinner in bed. Don't do that. It's a horrible habit. Once you, when you've had as much practice as I have, you get good at it. <laughs> uh, there's no crumbs in my bed. But, oh. So wow. uh, the key is to lay down like a blanket or something and then I'm shake just, that off on the floor. I'm just worried about us all turning into those people from uh, Wally, where we never get up off the couches and we eat in the couches and they hover us around everywhere. And like once the bed is used for more than just sleeping and fucking, I begin to worry. I mean, but sometimes reading. There's not bed. a huge like mm-hmm. okay, like metabolic. Bed, but- Difference in like sitting or laying or like sitting like sitting on a chair or sitting in bed. I know, so but like, it's, it's the I, psychological I aspect of the bed that once you start using the bed for other things, it's like why don't you just do everything in bed? It breaks then? your rituals. Thank that you. you. Have, right? yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, I, but, I do but have a strong ritual like, with beds. It, well, it's it's 
like you do your work at work. You don't bring your work home with you because then I mean, it's just like having a separate space for separate activities is usually just better for getting those activities done. But not always. I mean, and and you don't need to be that strict for it. But usually, most people advise that sort of thing. Well, I mean, certainly with um, like sleep hygiene, sure. Right. Uh, but I mean, since I don't have a problem falling asleep, that's never been an issue for me. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't currently have a, currently have a problem falling asleep. Yeah. Um. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this particular example, it happens to be that my bed's more comfortable than my dining room tables or my dining room chair and tables. So like, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Where were we? Didn't mean to jump on you (laughs) and shame you. Oh, no, you're good. Well, I brought it up. Um, We were, we were moving into Sam Harris's spirituality. Little Sammy Harris from um, down the street. Yeah. So you, you, (laughs) thank you for, (laughs) no, (laughs) yeah, I do that from time to time. Okay. You're, you're, it's Little Stevie Zuber from down the street. It's just fun. It gives it gives an image of like that person like riding a single speed chewing bubble gum. It's great. I like it a lot. Okay, <laughs> I can yeah. All yeah. right, keeps you from from building up anyone too high in your head. Yeah, I, like if people I did that with the Pope so. every I, now I and just, then. I, I just that think would be it's awesome funny. if you did that with the Pope. He might I think actually it's enjoy like that. way funnier than it actually is. So it's a joke that I just tell over and over and over again. Okay. To keep the Pope, you know, humanized my head. I just picture his hat falling off, falling off when he's wiping his ass. The new Pope so. <laughs> he probably takes it off. Before I'm sure he, he does. Goes the new pope, but then I wonder if he wipes his own ass. The new Pope doesn't wear the hat because he's afraid of it falling off. Yeah, uh-huh. doesn't, he doesn't ride in the Pope mobile either. So yeah, yeah. That's the new Pope pretty seems legit. like a pretty cool dude from everything I can. I mean, I mean as, again, far as, for, go, as, for yeah, as far as popes go, right? Like, I mean, there's mafia bosses that are pretty good for mafia bosses. Yeah, but yeah, but as far as popes go, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Best one in my living memory, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, you've been through what three? Yeah, which is you know a lot of popes actually. Yeah, it is. So, Pope Nazi, Pope Ratzinger John was Paul? the only one to have stepped down, or no, was the second Benedict. one to? Have, yeah. Well, wasn't he the second one to have stepped down Ever? before dying? Yeah. 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 So that was kind of cool. So mm-hmm. That's why I got three popes. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Sam Harris's definition definition of spirituality, I think, he sort of moves the goalposts, sort of like moving the goalposts with the definition of witchcraft, and except. Except there's not a better word for what he's talking yeah. about. Whereas there probably is with with, like with the, witchcraft. But it's the, not the as The whole fun. first chapter is him him talking about. I, again, waking up by saying, "Good, good book." I'd I'd, I'd suggest it. But it's about um, time someone other than me is pitching Sam Harris's yeah, stuff on yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah. So thank no, you. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I think it, especially this book. Um, yeah, I like it better than his other ones that I've read. Yeah. Except maybe lying. I, I really liked lying. Well, I think the difference is is like reading. Like Richard Dawkins, uh, got, or what was his anti-theism book? Uh, uh, the God Delusion. The God Delusion yeah. versus reading Unweaving the Rainbow. Like mm. one book is about something like, oh, this is driving me nuts. I got to you know, get my thoughts out about this and people you know, might read it. And others like, this is really cool. I love it. Let me talk about it. Mm-hmm. So right, it's a very right. different tone of book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's more, it, well, it's more personal. Like it talks about his personal life yeah, too. That too. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Um, a lot, but yeah, the whole first chapter is basically like, I don't have a better word for what I'm describing. I'm not describing like ethereal spirits or like, you know, beings or entities that interact with this world. I'm talking about, you know, a specific set of like feelings and, and, uh, you know, uh, practices you can, you can, uh, put into place to make those feelings come come about and there's no better word than spirituality really like i could make one up but that's really stupid and i'm not going to do that so um yeah that's 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's an audio version of that, too, which you can... It's an audio version to. of just about everything nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's out for free that you can just link to instead oh. of, instead of like, the first chapter. Sort of thing. Is yeah, the first chapter, website, right, yeah. which is what he goes through. Mm-hmm. And also the last chapter, which oh, nice. is about, I think it's, like, Drugs and the Meaning of Life is, is his title for it. But it's, it's basically, like, psychedelics did this for me, and this is what they can do, and this is why they're important. That's actually what got me off the fence on psychedelics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think what, he uses the word spirituality because it encompasses what people who use that word in the hokey sense, it encompasses part of what they're getting at. So like contemplativeness doesn't really pack the same punch as like having a range of experiences. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what he's getting at there. He, I mean, there's also the, the important distinction that like the kinds of practices that he describes in the book are not the kinds of things that you need to believe things on insufficient evidence in order to do. Um, so like mindfulness meditation where you're focusing on breathing is not where you, you're not, you're not reciting a mantra in your head. Especially not one that you don't understand. Did you have any? You, were at, you brought it up the book. Did you want to have anything you wanted to get into? Or just curious about what your thoughts were on on how he treats spirituality? Because I haven't actually read it myself. I just knew you were a big Sam Harris fan, so you'd probably read it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I I do think it. I mean, it'll like spirituality in the Sam Harrisian sense encompasses everything from like good contemplative mindfulness meditation to an intense acid trip. So that's the kind of stuff that he's talking about. Uh, not necessarily where you're holy ghosting at the church, right? So, Although that's another way to get the same kind of effect. I, I think that's totally within the whole spirituality thing. I but just think, people who holy ghost um, might say that the way they do it is the only way to do it. Uh, uh, whereas, yeah. whereas Harris no, sure, is broader. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I think um, there's a, a good article, again, by Sam Harris. I think it's called like Islam and the Misuses of Ecstasy. That's exactly what I was going to say. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So it, it gets into that where it's basically like, look, I've been a part of these sorts of rituals before that like Muslims do on uh, you know in regular practice or whatever um, and like yeah they they total they have an effect like they do something real and measurable and you'll notice it maybe not measurable but like y- you feel it right if if you do it and and you're told over and over again that this is like you know this is coming from this specific god or or, or whatever um, then like that'll probably really affirm what you already believe about all this stuff. But um, they're they're misusing this this ecstasy that they that they're creating through through ritual and you know it's. It, um, he makes the case sorts in of the things book, you do? Yeah? He makes the case in the book that all religions are basically doing that. Yeah, yeah. In the in the essay uh, that you're talking about, yeah, he, he links to a video where. It's like a very passionate, the, the, uh, the speaker, I forget what, you, what, I don't think it was necessarily an imam, it was whatever, the, the speaker was mm-hmm. clearly emotionally charged, the audience is having visible feelings, oh, he, yeah, he's and like, then he he's puts like the caption a up. sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and and then the word... It's beautiful, really. It, like, it sounds... Well, if you don't sounds, understand the words. Well, yeah, right, The right, second right, you understand yeah, the words, and, then it changes yeah, a very and, different yeah, context. And then, it, and then it, it's like, you know, the, those who do not believe will be burning for... You know, it's something like that, but it's like, it's this... It's like it's this incredible, powerful moment for all the people that are in the audience. Or, or I think that's probably um, what right. turns off most people who are worried about these sorts of rituals. Is that we're worried it will be that same sort of misuse of ecstasy. I feel like that's a safe assumption. That's I, I or at least yeah. and there's for really, a lot of no, people. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I I think that's fine. But you're wrong right. because <laughs> you can just look into what we're doing. Right. So yeah. you know it, it like. That's where, you know, you do the whole, 
I, I don't know if this counts as like system one, system two sort of thing, but y you use your rational mind to to work through like what's going on. Okay, where's this going to take me? Is this a place I want to go? Y you know. And that's, that's exactly how I participate in ritual. Mm. I assess it, determine if it's something I actually want to participate in. And then if I am interested in participating in it, then I will fully do so. I don't blame some people, though, for being along the lines of, well, I can't fully trust that I can suss out all those things by myself. So to err on the side of caution, I'm not going to participate. Or just like you can't always see everything you know, or, you, you know, rationally examine. Ritual might all smell the same to some people, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and if it, if it has the smell of a misuse of ecstasy, even if it's a proper use of ecstasy, it's like, eh, it still, you know, has all these warning just signs. ecstasy at all. Yeah, people, literal people ecstasy. People are scared. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't mean the drug. I mean the, <laughs> yeah. the experience of ecstasy. Some people are, I mean, they're, they're like actually scared of, you know, uh, yeah, powerful experiences, right? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is making me feel too much. I'm going to go do something else, right? We've been so. going on for over an hour and a half, so we should probably jump into some quick listener feedback and then call it. If you want to move on, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Okay, so first thing is we are going to have our uh, supporter thinking segment, as we always have now. We would like to give thanks to our Patreon supporter, A.A. Bowser, who uh, is helping make this possible and bringing this to all you guys. Thanks, A.A. Bowser. This uh, is a ritual. This, yeah, is, this, this is just is polite. This is actually kind of a ritual. But, is, but this yeah. is just also courtesy. It's not even. It, it's not solemn, so it doesn't fit Stephen's spookiness. Right. We are solemnness so. is part of also, the, an ingredient. Do you not like solemn things? Do you like well, serious movies? No, actually, the things that, that like when you're thinking of sharing like moving things, I was thinking specifically of solemn things, and that sounded appealing. I think it's the idea of like forcing that on somebody, or like having to convincingly, or having oh, to yeah. try and no, fake it. No, they shouldn't be forced. I, yeah. And yeah, I, I have an issue with like having children participate in them because I, I I think. Children can totally gain something from certain rituals, but I don't, I don't think they're equipped to understand what's going on, really. But, like, children can have powerful experiences. I, mm. I don't know if you guys remember. I mean, like, dreams when I was a kid were, like, these crazy, mm. wacky things, but not so much anymore. I know we just went back. We said yeah, we were going to okay. move on, but we didn't. Yeah. We had but another yeah, thing I, to say real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Would it make it more of a ritual if we played like Angel Choir of Angels when then we thank the listener? we're just gonna make listener? Jesse sing. Amen. Thank you, A. a. Bowser. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay uh, should we go on to listener feedback? Yeah. All right. That sounds fine. Uh, so this is we are a little bit behind. So our last episode actually came out already. So we have a few listener feedbacks on that one, which is very rare for us. Usually we record before the last episode. So anyways, Googleplex Bytes, speaking on our last episode, um, when we talked about the uh, sparrows uh, with the getting oh. their feathers pulled out, there are two different stories which got conflated. Uh, one of them is about Kim Jong-il, who for his grandfather uh, had these, not for, but his father rather, had uh, a quilt made out of the chest feathers of the sparrows because they were the softest ones and decimated the sparrow population. And I linked to that one. Apparently there is a different one that does include Mao. Uh, Mao in 1958 uh, was told that sparrows eat the rice grains and that's affecting production. So he ordered all the sparrows killed to uh, increase yields. And I'm sure that ended great. Yeah, by April 1960, the Chinese reali leaders realized that sparrows also ate large amounts of insects, and so rice yields decreased <laughs> substantially. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, that's a really good example. Thank you for sharing that. That's that fits perfectly. Yeah. And I mean, sorry, the sparrows got shafted twice in just a few decades. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, Googleplex 
Byte also said uh, in a different comment, illegible humans, this is an interesting point I thought, illegible humans by their nature can only be assessed as a collective. So uh, modern day individualism and all its benefits exist because of legibilization of the state. Only legible humans have strong property rights. Only legible humans can have a one person equals one vote policy. Only legible humans fit into modern economic markets, which is actually true. It's one of the points that was made in those posts uh, articles. Only legible humans can be factored into utilitarianism. I thought that was an interesting comment. And only legible humans can participate in science, which I think some of those may be true. Definitely the ones using the government social technologies like one person, one vote and strong property rights. You'd have to be a legible human to the state for to make those work. Yeah. But there may be more benefits to legibility than we were letting on in that last episode. Well, certainly, like you get all the benefits of having an organized system, right? And all, like we just, so we did talk about like you know the relative safety of you know knowing that you could defend that you could depend on uh, you know law enforcement or something in many situations. Googleplex specifically said that science and utilitarianism only become possible in individualistic societies and those are only possible through leg- legibility mm-hmm. see i don't know because like even if you're in a non-organized collective you could still say well i'm going to give my five dollars to whatever system that would help distribute it evenly but that requires somewhat some legibility right yeah i guess you could still say i'm going to give my five dollars to this beggar and not my you know my friend just because right. i like him right so that's still more utilitarian Maybe you need to be like effective because you could also like do science in the sense that, you know, you could measure what you're doing and tell people about it or whatever yeah. uh, or check your beliefs systematically against nature, which is my favorite definition, even though it's kind of vague. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to be legible to the state to do science. But I think maybe, that makes it easier for the state to fund science. But I don't think they necessarily are the same thing. On the other hand, who but large states can fund things like the LHC? Yeah. You have to have some sort of agreed upon vocabulary and system of, I guess you could say rules to do proper science or to do formal science. So like, you you know, you can't be doing, uh, you know what I mean? So like, that's why whatever the, the fake official language is Latin. So, you know, because every scientist can write and read the right Latin words, not necessarily fluently. Um, so maybe that's what they were getting at. That's kind of, that's really interesting. Uh, Gad BB. I think is the name, um, also from our uh, subreddit, made a comment on when we had the transhumanism podcast and we talked about uh, AIs controlling every aspect of our life because they know this stuff better than we do and how that was like weird and icky and we didn't know how we felt about that, or I didn't anyway. You guys had different opinions. Uh, but Gabby says... Every time you talked about that, I am reminded of Scotland's laws on consent and autonomy, specifically the Adults with Incapacity Act, which, in my opinion, is a remarkable piece of ethical lawmaking. And he didn't, uh, he has quite a long thing here, which I will not read all of it. I would recommend people uh, read the post. It seems like a wonderful model to use for superhuman artificial intelligence things. But uh, the law is, has an emphasis on maximizing autonomy and minimizing interference. And consent in the law is defined as being uh, the expressed agreement of a patient who understands the options, alternatives, and their associated costs, risks, and benefits. And uh, when someone can't do that, they, the, the, the state, first of all, is, uh, has to make a reasonable effort to assist them to, to understand these things. But if they can't, the state 
can make the decisions for them in some cases, but they have to be uh, as non-interfering as possible and uh, have very clear benefits. And the views of the person, uh, what they would have wanted if they were not incapacitated, must be taken account, such as taking into account, you know, their their past history or what their uh, friends and family say about them. And uh, if someone with assistance can make uh, have an opinion on something, they are allowed to make the wrong decision, even for terrible reasons. I thought these all seem like really cool things. So being able to opt out was something that I think we kind of agreed on during the transition transhuman episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the rest of it, I feel like that's sort of where we were at, but the problem was like, how can you inform somebody of something that they can't really understand? Yeah. So whether it's, you know, you literally need to be as smart in relation to, or rather like you need to scale like from us to ants, but up again. And like, so how can I explain anything to somebody like that? If, or how can I have anything explained to me other than being told, look, trust me. But I mean, even like, I'm, I'm assuming like, so I like, I do like the spirit of what that's getting at, but I, I'm thinking of like, you go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you're going to need surgery and here's all the great reasons. Well, like you're, I mean, they could even list out your two alternatives, but you know, you're not a, you're not, you don't have 20 years of medical experience to weigh those options. Like in what sense do you really have informed consent? Like you, you just, there's too much to cover. So I don't know if that solves the problem other than gives like another way to look at it. Right. Maybe you have more time to explain stuff, you know, if, if for running in simulated time, you'd be like, all right, here, step into my office. It'll take two days of outside time and inside it'll be all the 50 years I need to explain all this shit to you. Jesus. But it, not, but it won't be uncomfortable. I don't know. But then right. you trust them for that. How is 50 years not in that room not be uncomfortable? Fuck. So, all right. It'll only be an hour. <laughs> I don't think I would want to age 50 subjective years either. I was thinking in simulated time where it wouldn't be. Right. But in simulated time, my mind is still aging oh, yeah. to 50 years. Like, I've gone through 50 years of life. It's been 50 years since I saw that my loved ones so that I could make this stupid decision. <laughs> so, even if only two days passed for everyone else. So then. I'm, tr- I'm just trying, I'm not trying to ruin the point because I do like where it's getting at. I want to reemphasize that. But then I'm thinking, okay, well, then we could just neo matrix this into your brain. Like, you know, he learns Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. But how do you know if you want to know it or how, if you'll change if you know it? Yeah. Like, unless they can, you know. So th- at that point, you do just need to kind of trust the super intelligence that you're dealing with in that, like, well, look, I ran all these simulations and you liked all of them. So I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. And when I'm pretty sure, it's pretty damn sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else he could go on. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, thank you for that feedback. Uh, Swindle says, we talked about Dunbar's number in the last episode, and actually this episode too. Swindle says on our uh, homepage, thebasinconspiracy.com, you touched briefly on Dunbar's work in this episode. It's a bit more complex than you explained, and a bit more far-reaching than a single number, so he just goes into a little more detail for us. Dunbar correlated brain size with social group size. The short version is that, yes, a post-human of some sort that will have a higher intelligence will almost certainly have a higher Dunbar number. And also, Dunbar's number is actually a set of many numbers that match up to various intimacy levels. The levels basically start at 5 and triple more or less from there. It's been 5 years, so bear with me if this isn't 100% correct, but uh, your initial 5 are basically people you see every day and would openly sob at their funeral. Your next 15 are like close friends, people you might put in your wedding or make your pallbearer. 50 is basically your community, and 150 is all the people who are real people in your brain on an instinctive emotional level. Uh, It goes out further, but the numbers get really nebulous after that point. 
And he says he has a bunch of examples in the book, compares them to military units and sports size, team sizes. There was an interesting one about Amish communities and how they will split the community on purpose to keep the population at a low level that can be controlled by peer pressure alone. Which is a good point. You can't control like a city of Denver by peer pressure. There's just too damn many people. But you can get in much smaller groups. Um, anyways, he ends with an infinitely smart person that uh, can potentially care deeply about an infinitely num- infinite number of people. I like the whatever 150-ish is the number of people that you can model as actual people instinctively. Because that's actually a really interesting way to think about it, right? You're way more bummed when even like somebody you knew in high school, you know, uh, gets a divorce or gets killed or something than you are hearing about a tsunami in Japan, right? Definitely. Which, you I don't know, know about the... I guess it depends on how close you were to people in high school. Like, yeah, and I'm throwing out... Because I don't know 150 people, so I'm trying to think of... I have to go back. <laughs> I can sometimes get really bummed about certain celebrities if they were celebrities that like I had a lot of emotional experiences, as we were just talking about, with through their art. If it was someone who like their music really deeply touched me and I read a lot about them and I felt like even though I'd never met them, they don't know who I am. They don't have any sort of connection with me, but I somehow managed to glom onto them a little bit anyway. And it feels like, I don't know, maybe celebrity culture is invading our Dunbar numbers. Oh, yeah. I can feel that For way. Sure. Uh, I can relate to that, at least like with authors and stuff, too, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's, I mean. When did Ian Banks die? Uh, like two years ago? Two, oh, 2010. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, oh, I was shit. throwing was out a number. Time ago. Like God, that. time passes fast. Yeah. Well, like Derek Parfit just died last year or the year before. So, like, yeah. you know, but, you know, part of the point of being an author is that you can get your, your, thoughts and stuff out to people well outside that limit so i don't think that there's anything i don't think you were implying this either but you know there's nothing wrong with like having the that impact go one way right Mm -hmm. so well aside from the fact that if there's only 150 people we can feel emotionally instinctively that like they're real people then having people that you'll never interact with take up one of those slots is kind of a bad thing it's it's a use it's a poor it's a suboptimal use of a limited resource well, mm, maybe, maybe, yeah. Right, I think it yeah. depends, like, because I could get a lot more out of, uh, you know, maybe a, a a musical artist or an author than I could out of the 150th person that I can find in my circle, right? It's true. So it might be suboptimal for like the purpose of maximizing my monkey sphere in the you know almost literal use of the word, well, yeah, in the almost figurative use of the word monkey sphere. <laughs> uh, but it's optimal for like me and my life, right? I guess it would also help uh, a lot if you have those sorts of emotional connections with people that are distant from you in cultures. Like if you have that emotional connection to someone from Zimbabwe or or someone in China, then it becomes you become a more accepting, non-racist sort of person, perhaps. Now we can wonder if you're wasting that slot if you're doing that with dead people, but probably not for the same reasons. Because okay. I'm thinking like you don't lose anything by reading like Derek Parfit just because he's dead. I mean, other than the fact that you can't get him to articulate if he didn't write it anywhere else, right? But, you know, I was thinking of people having emotional experiences thinking about Jesus dying or something, which some people do. Whether or not that's a waste, you decide. I don't know. <laughs> that's interesting. If one billion people all have an emotional connection to Jesus as one of the, part of their 150, that sort of ties them together in a way. Well, for a lot of them, he's like one of their five. Yeah. Oh. Right, yeah. That's kind five of intense. Or 15, yeah. Right, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think he won the monkey sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Muhammad might have won it. Yeah. That's true. He's got Muhammad, more. Muhammad, in a few Muhammad years, made a huge comeback. Won, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or not comeback, just a whatever, winning that sprint. But yeah. yeah. Um, that's all the listener feedback I got for this week. I didn't look anything up, so cool. I don't have really anything. All right. 
Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next in not next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Bye. Thanks. This is the part of the ritual that I don't like is I always get a look from Inyash when, when I don't say bye to the microphone. Yeah, why don't you say bye? Because I'm not talking to the, like, I'm not talking, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm talking to the listeners abstractly. Yeah. I'm not saying bye, like, hey, see you later. Like, that, that feels forced. All right, fine. But, I will never ask you to say bye no, again. I mean, no, 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 you, I don't want to make you do anything you're uncomfortable doing. Oh, it's not so uncomfortable that it, I mean, does it have a value? I kind of, if anyone writes in on this, that's basically what I'm going to go with. So, uh, if there's, if, if there's two, try to just try to agree so it's not an even split. I insist <laughs> that you do it, Stephen. No, you don't got to do it. I sometimes listen to this podcast. Do you so. prefer the bye? What? I, do you yeah. prefer the goodbye at the end or does yes. it feel awkward and forced? No, that makes sense. Bye. It's a closing yeah. of the ritual because yeah, the right. entire... And then you have the music play and then it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the entire podcast is a ritual. <laughs> I love that little and so, you, and so you close the ritual by saying goodbye so everyone knows it's over and they can go on to do the next thing mm. I'll concede that by saying that the entire podcast is a ritual in the same way that you're doing witchcraft <laughs> <laughs> yes. and with that we can see you in two weeks <laughs> <laughs> and also of course big thanks to our sound engineer Kyle Moore 